Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. This is John Henney from Henney Jewelers. My family has helped thousands of Pittsburghers celebrate life's special moments since 1887. We are so excited to have our doors open once again. You can be sure we've gone above and beyond to keep our team and our customers as safe as possible. From in-store and virtual appointments to curbside pickup and drop-off, the Henny team will adapt to your comfort level. Plus, you can shop 24-7 at HennyJewelers.com. We can't wait to celebrate more Henny moments with you. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. This week on Jaws Picks with Ron Jaworski, Peyton Manning. This is Ron Jaworski. Today I am joined by legendary quarterback Peyton Manning. You know, in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz had a run of like four years of playing terrific quarterback, and all of a sudden he gets benched. How surprised are you by that? It's probably a good year if there aren't many fans allowed at Philly Stadium when you were doing <laughs> You're right about uh, that. Have you ever given thought about possibly becoming an NFL owner or a general manager of an NFL team? I've always envisioned you in that role. Yeah, Josh, I mean, I keep looking for that $3 billion, but I just can't <laughs> find it. It must, be in a, it must be in another account that I'm not aware of. So, hey, I got a C-note uh, in my pocket. I'll, I'll invest. <laughs> Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, we'll form a group. Download new episodes of Jaws Picks with Ron Jaworski every Wednesday and Friday on Podcast One and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel, we're your host, and so happy to have you with us. This episode, as expected, is the continuation of my behemoth over-under podcast experience with Arturo Galetti, my longtime collaborator on this project, and he's also the CTO of Sports Grid Data Science. And there is, of course, a lot of ground to cover from Western Conference over-unders, but also division conference title odds for the teams that are pertinent, and then MVP and Rookie of the Year odds for the players that we think that's pertinent. And a really great wide-ranging conversation, touches on a lot. And For those who are interested in the models and some of the statistical stuff, Arturo in particular does a lot of great research putting that all together. That is at the front of the Eastern Conference podcast, which came out last week, and you can hear what we use, what's changed for this year, everything else. The challenges of only knowing half the season in terms of specific matchups makes a difference for modeling, for example. And also worth noting that I try to tie everything back to an 82-game season. I think that's the easiest way to calibrate all of this, because both last season and the current one are different lengths from each other and from 82. That's I think it's good to have a single point of reference there. And also worth noting that Arturo and I recorded this on Wednesday of last week, had to be delayed for publishing reasons, but not really that much changed between now and then in terms of lines or really in terms of injuries. Incidentally, the Gordon Hayward injury happened during that, and while that's not a Western Conference injury, we talk about it in this podcast just because it was like, basically, you have the opportunity. We'd already been talking for whatever, like six hours, and so wanted to include that at the end, kind of had an open, had a little bit of a discussion on that, so Lots of great stuff here. It conversation runs well over two hours, as you would expect with the two of us. And I hope you really enjoy it. I love doing this. It's a labor. It's a labor of love. And here we go. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, pleasure to be on. Let's see if we can get through the West now. Yeah, and for for those who are interested in kind of the models and all that, that gets explained at the beginning of the Eastern Conference breakdown, which is already already available to all of you. So we're just going to get. 
right into it with the team that actually has the lowest Vegas over-under in the Western Conference, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We don't really need to go through what they were last year because this has been a whirlwind, and that is not the team that they are anymore. However, if we're, and again, we're trying to connect this all with 82-game seasons, if you want to go over on the Thunder, then it's 24 wins or more, and if you want to go under on the Thunder, it is 23 wins or fewer. 23 and a half, really. Yeah. Yeah, so if you hit 23, you'd be in. Um, so they were 50-win last team. Obviously, they blew the hell out of this team. And I don't really think, like, their best player by the advanced statistical models is Al Horford. I don't know that Al Horford's going to be here for that long for this season. Do you agree? I, I'm I'm really not sure. So that gets into the, the big idea for me with the Thunder is, as presently constructed, I actually think they're meaningfully better than a 23-24 win team. Yeah, I mean, but so let- how, let's, let's how much longer are they going to? How much longer are they going to be together? So th- that's a trick. Like, so we have three models. We have the two statistical, pure statistical models, which is projecting out the season with the minutes and the players they have. Both of them think that they are significantly better than their over under total, which is twenty and a half, uh, which would be about a as you said about twenty three. And we've got them as like thirty win teams pretty cleanly. Like this is statistical. Now Shane, who's doing the projection for Forbes, who's like our statistical with like some uh, person kind of AI on this kind of thinks that they're worse than that and the reason he's probably doing that is the same thing we're talking about which is we don't know that they're going to keep the current staff that they currently have physically in place on here um so judging the roster by what they are this is a clear over for me but judging by roster by the uncertainty around this team the fact that they're really just offloading assets and they're really I, I really kind of like what they did long-term in terms of, like, bringing... They brought in a lot of these, like, experimental players. Um, and what I mean, like, guys who have, like, I think have high upside, but they're not quite ready yet. It's like that seven-footer they brought in from Europe, who's, like... and, and they bought skills. Yeah, there's just some really interesting players, but they're not built to really compete. They're built more like a G League kind of let's figure out what develops. So, I mean, they're an overfade for me, and it's pretty clear, right? Yeah, it's... I, I, I had a little challenge, so... Because of the timing here. So you could talk about the structural incentives that Sam Presti, I mean, Sam Presti knows better than arguably any general manager in the NBA, the value of picking high in the draft because Westbrook, Harden, Durant, all those guys were chosen with high picks. The Thunder were truly terrible for a period of time. They really benefited and that built the foundation of the extended success that they had. However, my theory of the case and why I'm going over fade is I think that they will offload a lot of these players, but I also think it's going to take time. And then the other the other part of this is lottery reform. So it isn't as urgent as it was previously. You know, like the the process for Sam Hinkie, let's say. Let's go to the far the far extreme. Back then, the the inspiration for lottery reform was that being the absolute worst was a lot better than being a few spots having a few a few bit more wins. That isn't as true anymore because now the bottom teams have even lottery odds for the first couple. And, and sure, it it means that you're you you could end up with the worst pick, but you know it, it odds are that you know it is a little bit more balanced. So I I don't know that Presti is going to race all the way down immediately in one shot. And this is the win total for a team that races all the way down. Like that's what this is. Like twenty four to put it in the perspective. Last year, only four teams had a had a like if we were using cleaning the glasses point differential had the differential of a 24 win team or worse charlotte atlanta cleveland and golden state those are the only teams that had a differential yeah. of that level of team they were all real bad and then they the thunder are meaningfully better than all those teams are right now i think here's the thing i don't think that like 
I, as I said, I think that this team is more inclined to play their young players more, regardless of whether it's competitive in the game or not. I don't think they care about winning. I think they care about getting reps and getting samples uh, for a lot of their young players. So I think, like, you know, I've got Al Horford projected at, like, you know, something close to 30 minutes per game for this team. And I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to come close. I won because I think one, he could get traded two. I just think they're just not going to play him. They're, they're, they're more interested in playing guys like Dort, so Justin Jackson or Theo Maldon or a bunch of their young players. Let's get these guys some reps. Uh, get there. I think they're. I mean, they're probably going to go out and get guys from like the D League and from other places. And, play yeah, and like Ariza is a good example of that. Like Trevor Ariza is on this team, but we don't know how much, if any, he's going oh, to play yeah. for them. And I don't think you're. I don't. I don't, I don't think Trevor Ariza is going to be here. Like, well, I, Trevor Ariza right. should rent that by. Uh, I don't Trevor, even know that he should rent. <laughs> he could pull yeah. in Andre Guadalla. Yeah, Trevor Ariza like that yeah, because I, it's just. And again, I, I think it's understanding. They're just not going to play. And Ariza is way more valuable it, to another team. Like so, I think they're just going to bark in there. Same thing with Horford. Horford, I think is Horford was a bad fit for Philly, but Horford is generally going to be a good fit for a bunch of other teams, right? Horford's another guy who like who can come in, who can defend. He's like a really great character guy. Uh, you know, and he's going to be better on, on some of these other teams. So I think it's just again. We're down to a situation where, like, I think this is a team that is better on the merits of the roster than in the projection, but they're not going to play like it. So I'm like an over. This is why I'm an overfavor of this team. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch any of their touch any of their division, conference, or title odds. And what about rookie of the year, Pokashevsky? Yes. No, he's not going to play enough. Yeah. He's also I mean, not going to be good enough. I, he's in, he's a really interesting. He's a really weird player. Yeah. Um, uh, but he like interesting in a weird way. Um, I'm gonna. Say, I mean, again, I, I think I'm happy with what I'm doing for this team. I think that that's this is where I'm at with that team, and and it's it's and also you know not underrate the fact that they have a new coach. I mean, but Donovan was competent. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we think the who's the new coach now? By, by uh, the way? Mark Dagnall. He's 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 coached in the G League before, but he's never coached in the NBA before. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting gamble. I think hopefully they'll give enough space because I think again I I mean I think Presti's smart enough. That he promoted him for this season, he understands that he shouldn't judge him on on the record for this. Yeah. The record is not important for this particular team for this particular season. It, it is. So, it absolutely is not. Um, and, and when you're in a situation where the team, when the record isn't important, then you're better off just like not playing it, right? Right. Yeah. I, I think that's. I think that's fair. So I think we can jump straight to Sacramento. Yes. The Kings. Last year, they played like a basically a 34 win team, 33.8 using the cleaning the glass extrapolated out to, to 82 to 82 right. games. And Vegas thinks they're going to be about the same. They kept the, they kept the same coach. Well, no, they, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a four game. There's a four game projected drop. They, they dropped them four games. So it, it's, there is. Yeah, a, I guess that's true. So if, if you're working off of the if you're working off of the uh, the 82 games, what they actually won, that was 35 and go down to 31. So, yeah, if you want to go over on the Kings, it's 32 or more wins. If you want to go under, it's 30, 31 or fewer. And so 30 and. and Again, on an 82 game pace, and so this is an interesting. This is an interesting one because there's a big, there's a huge discrepancy on the Kings between like, between all the models, right? So the statistical models all think the Kings are way better than their projection, and, uh, and Shane has it just slightly under uh, that, and I gotta disagree with him. I, I I think this team is wildly better. Like this team is better than they were last year, and and like Vegas is giving me four free wins. This is a this is a bad line to me. This is an overplay. But, also, um, they didn't change their head coach, but Alvin Gentry being on the staff, I think, could be very useful yes. for Luke Walton. The Kings are at their best when they run, and we love we love their draft pick. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the East, we talked about Tyrese Halliburton more than almost any other rookie, even though he wasn't in the Eastern, he isn't in the Eastern Conference. Losing Bogdanovich definitely hurts. I, I think, I think, I, to me, that, that Tyrese Halliburton was the safest pick in the entire draft. Oh, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have fallen as far as he did. And that, that is a real challenge. And remember, like, Rashawn, so, so you think about, okay, the Kings last year versus, versus this year. De'Aaron Fox, last year missed 20 games he played in he played in 51 and they played 72 uh they they did have really healthy years from harrison barnes and buddy healed bogdanovich missed some time rashawn holmes missed a bunch of time uh bagley basically missed the whole season for better or for worse and so i i think that they should be like if, if fox is healthy that makes that healthier that makes a huge difference for them Halliburton will help. Being better coached will help. Also, the generally age-related progression. You know, like this is a pretty young team. So why are, saying, why are you saying better coached? Well, just I mean, having Gentry on the staff. Like though mm. they were they were a little bit of a disaster last year. Buddy healed and everything. I don't think it's going to be dramatic. I think it's like you know. Yeah, I think Alvin Gentry's a really good guy as long as he's not the lead guy. Which I he is. Alvin, Alvin Gentry is really great at like coaching players up and developing them. So he's well, a really great fit for this team. And uh, yeah, Hassan Whiteside, he's, he's he gets underrated. I think at this point, he's not he's not a bad player. He's a decent player who does good things, and he's an improvement at the five for them. And again, I really like a lot of the young players on this team, and I really love the young players they added. Well, so and I remember they also they they got somehow Glenn Robinson the third on a very cheap contract, just yeah, functional it, functional depth, totally fine. I, I don't think every move that the Kings made in the offseason made them better. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. And so he- here's why I, th- I brought up the Alvin Gentry as a coaching upgrade. And now there are a, a bunch of other complicated factors in play, including De'Aaron Fox missing some time. The last year before Walton, the Kings ran a ton. They had only 75% of their possessions were in the half court. That was the lowest proportion, which is what you want. That means they were running a ton. That 75% went up to 80%. So even though they were a more efficient half court team, both in pure numbers and relative to the league, they ran so much less that they were a less efficient offense. And I think they'll run more because they damn well better. Um, and they have, I think they have better personnel for that now because they have Halliburton, who I think could push. Uh, and, and because, really, they can't do a whole... I mean, maybe a little bit with Whiteside, they'll, they'll plod. But I think their defense will be better in his minutes. I mean, he's not great, but he can be competent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm an overplay here. Yeah, I mean, we're basically saying, like, the line is set at 27.5, which would be at 31. And this team, I think, is a team that's going to be flirt. This, this team is going to flirt with 500. Yeah, and uh, it's, po- like, the the bottom of the West, uh, another dynamic that's going to be different this year, we talked about this a fair amount in the Eastern Conference, is the play-in. So now... Being in contention for the 10th seed is in some ways more relevant than being in contention for the 8th. Sacramento could absolutely be there, so maybe they fall off later if they don't make it. I could easily see them being in that mix. Totally possible. They're going to be a really fun league pass team. I've oh, absolutely. They're going to be an absolute delight to watch on like league pass. So grab the over on this team and just watch their game. Yeah, they're they'll, be, they'll be a delight. And uh, the... They, you don't need to talk about the division or any of that kind of stuff. Well, but we, we, need do, about, we need to talk about Rookie of the Year, though. Yes, we do need to talk about Rookie of the Year. Tyrese Halliburton, about 15 to 1 is about where I'm seeing I'm it. Seeing, I'm seeing 18 to 1 for him is the best odds I'm seeing. And Halliburton, I could but see 15, him. Even he, if, it, if you're getting him at 15, it's it's a great – I think it's a great bet. I think the, the argument for him is going to be is he's going to get up minutes. Yeah, it's it's a and challenge. I, I mean, I like, so I don't think he's going to begin the year as a starter, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ended the year as a starter. I think that he'll be, you know, and, and Halliburton will spend Halliburton, more time off Halliburton ball. 
guy that immediately people were watching the like the people who watched the two games and like how this guy go twelve because right. he is, when you watch him he is so good on the court <laughs> that you're like okay no no this guy's really and and I think that the trick is, as you said the trick is gonna be is he gonna get enough minutes I think getting him at fifteen to one for the rookie of the year is great because there's a good chance like you know these guys you know one of the guys in front of him gets hurt and he ends up being the starter for a long period of time. And if that happens, I think if he wins the starting job, he's going to keep the starting job, is, is my take on him. And he also has the highlight plays. He does dunks, so he, he's like an exciting player. He does steals. He fits he well does. with Fox. There was the stuff yeah. about him kind of wanting to go to Sacramento. Like, I think, no, I but think he, he should plays start. Where, like, he just strips somebody in the, in the open court and just dunks it the other way. So, like, no, he's an exciting young player, and I love him at 50-1. I don't. I like him at fifteen to one. I don't love him. I like. I like Sacramento's over maybe more than that, but they're close. And so I would say you could you could diversify a little bit, do a little a little bit of both. But obviously, you're not touching their division or conference or title odds. I'm gonna say Arturo loves it. Loves Danny likes. Yeah. And so oh, I yeah, think, nothing else is interesting no. for them. I mean, no, because, these I mean, ba- we can we can zip a little bit through these through these lower teams because it's just I mean they're the Kings aren't winning the conference this year. Yeah, but we, we the King the Kings is a Kings is a bad line. I think the next one might be a bad line too. I agree. So I I think it's a bad line. Um, but I think it's a bad. I'm, I think we might disagree on why it's a bad line. This could be this could be one of ours. So Minnesota. Last year, and remember, they had a lot of absences last year. D'Angelo Russell barely played for them. Malik Beasley barely played for them. They added the, they added Anthony Edwards. Um, Towns missed some time for the first time in his career. They won twenty four games, but it was at a thirty. But they played at a thirty win point differential per cleaning the glass. Those are both in eighty two games. Uh, Vegas thinks they'll be a little bit better. So if you want to go under. You could get it at thirty-four or fewer. They would you would cash, and if you want to go over, it gets thirty-four or more. And I'm going to let you talk first because that seems fine. Um, so the two best players on this team are Anthony Towns and Rubio, probably. So I like the Rubio pickup. Sure. I really, I really did not like. So their draft was really bad to me because Anthony Edwards makes no sense on this roster, right? Yeah, and you and don't, I mean, you don't necessarily have to draft a guy based on the roster you have. But well, I just I mean, like, I mean, I had him as the third best player on the board, and they took him one. I I just don't, I just didn't like the fit with this particular roster because like so I've got Rubio Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and I've picked up Anthony Edwards, who is a project who I'm going to need to give usage to, right? And I would have rather taken like you know we've already talked about Halliburton, but Halliburton would have been a better fit for this team in terms of like. You know, I, it's a guy who doesn't necessarily need to get all the usage to like do the, and he does the other things like Rubio that the other things that like add value. Now, granted, the ceiling on Edwards is higher, but on the short term, he is not a good player for this particular roster because there, like, there's some real gaps. You've got you really want to give all the usage you can to Towns and Russell. That's their value. So if I, if I can't give the usage to Russell, then his value is useless because he's a bad def- – like if I can't give him reps offensively, he's a bad defensive player, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a trade-off. And Ricky is a good fit for the they are, but then I don't get where the Anthony Edwards thing is coming in. So there's a big, huge discrepancy in the models for uh, for Minnesota. So like the line is set up at around 30 games for this season, which is about like the equivalent of 37 and the models are like 12. It's the biggest discrepancy of any team. It's like 12 games between one and the other. Shane is low on them. He has them, uh, Shane has them under. 
Um, uh, the two statistical models, like one of them has them just basically right on the line, and one of them has them like Rapham has them over. Uh, like the box score metric has them just there. So like there, it's basically all over the place, right? So 50% to go over, 50% to go under. There's a lot of combustible estimate elements on this team. I don't like the fit. I would, I'm, I'm under on this team, right? Because of that. Um, actually, you know what? I was going to say the line is bad, but actually looking at it, that line is put in a place where it's making me doubt myself on the under. So if it was a little higher, I'd probably be like, no, definitely slam the under on this. I'm, I think I'm going to wind up under fade on this team. I'm under play. Their, their defense is going to be terrible. Like they don't, they, they remember they Minnesota also like some teams you could think about, well, how's the second unit going to be Ed Davis is their backup center. And maybe Davis will look better. He was injured part of the year in, in Utah last year, but he also lost his job to Tony Bradley and they don't really have a lot of other depth. The forward depth on this Timberwolves team is so weak. Like they, they, they I mean, they're probably going to start watch out the four. Jake Lehman's going to play for them. Which, and their offense will be fine. And Ru- Rubio, Rubio. Rubio gives me pause because like one of the ways that a bad team ends up really solidifying their place at the bottom is by having a, a weak bench. And Minnesota doesn't. Like they're going to get 48 good minutes of point guard. That that is a real strength. They have high-end offense, you know, offense talent. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the most talented offensive big men in the league, if not the most. Um, and and Russell, while I'm low on him in general, he will be better with Towns than he has been anywhere else because he won't have to do as much, and that's really good. Like, he's going to get less attention, and less attention means he's going to get cleaner looks, and that helps. However— Who, who would you pick in a seven-game series in the bubble between the Kings and the Wolves? Oh, the Kings, easily. Yeah, the Kings are a better team than this team, so— Oh, yeah. I mean, like that—and that's why, the, I mean, the Kings are an overplay, the, the Wolves are an yeah. underplay. Like, I, the, the question that I had with—I uh, was talking with Matt Moore a couple weeks ago was I said— as they are right now, and obviously there are reasons to we talked to all about this, I would take the Thunder over the Wolves in a seven-game series. But we're not going to see that Thunder team for very long. And also Minnesota, there is the complication, and you could argue this both directions, with the pick they owe the Warriors. So Minnesota, for those who aren't as obsessive about pick it's protection— protected, It's protected for the, for the one through three, yeah. Yeah, it's protected. Yeah, so that's really challenging protection. So one through three, you can't—even if you had the worst record in the league— you wouldn't be able to guarantee that you are going to hold on to that pick. So you don't. So there is an argument that could be made that oh well, we should act like it's unprotected and just you know maybe they're pushing to win games later in the season. Ryan Saunders, we don't know how locked in he is as the coach. Garrison Roses did keep him on board, but we don't we don't know exactly there. So there is a distinct possibility that they will continue to push, but I just don't think they're good. And so for me, especially when you consider. The rest of the Western Conference. So if you throw, if you roll them on the table against God. basically any of the any of these other teams, you know the Spurs or the Pelicans or the Rockets or wh- whoever we're talking about, I'm gonna, you know, I think that Minnesota is going to be an underdog in most of those games, and home court advantage will help a little bit, but they're not going to have a crowd and and all that. And so I, I and the you're other talk, big you're challenge, talk, you're, you're talking me into underplay really yeah. on this. It's like I'm looking at this and going like. Are I mean, they, like, who are they? Who are they going to beat? And and remember, like, you you've t- you talked in the Eastern Conference one about how you're playing maybe fewer games against your division, but more against the rest of the conference. More, they're playing more games against the Pacific. And the Pacific yeah, is going to Pacific's play. really good. So I, I, every every it's team not, in the Pacific I, is better than I, them. I think every team. I would I would be unsurprised if Minnesota lost every single series in the West they play. It's possible. I think we'll. I don't know the timing of their games against OKC, but yeah, I mean, 
And so yeah, okay, like, okay, see, but but even even against the like, who who would you say are sh- like which teams are sure wins for the Timberwolves in a, in a series in the West? Like, no one. And in the East, the Knicks maybe. Yeah, the Knicks and the I think they would beat the Cavs. The, they're they're a lot better than the Cavs, and the, and then they would it would be I think it would be a fight. I think they're similar level to like the Pistons and the Hornets. And I think the Bulls oh, I, gotta, are I, I think I think Drummond does really well against Carolina King Towns, actually. I, I would have to go back and look at it, but so yeah, so Minnesota underplay for me. Um, I'm I'm gonna I, I, you know what I, you talked me into it underplay. No, I agree. I agree with that. Like, obvi- I'm going like and look at the team and go like, um, why? And I, and again, I, I really as again, I, I I just like I was like looking at it like, like Anthony Edwards makes no sense from a team construction standpoint. If you're gonna go out and get Rubio, well, and why go out and get like just get like? Here's I, I, a, here's I, another way to think about it. If you want to, th- so if you want to say, okay, what did a thirty? So this is basically a thirty-three win team. Like that's what the yeah. Vegas over under. What was a thirty-three win team last year? And it was Sacramento and Chicago were probably closer closest to that. Neither of those teams is a perfect comp for the Wolves for a bunch of different reasons. But like I would say Sacramento last year was probably better than I expect the Wolves to be this year. Chicago last year was very flawed. We talked about that a lot in the East. But I think they're better than the Wolves will be this year. Yeah, Minnesota Minnesota is the worst real team in the in like I'm not counting okay see because we don't know what they are and they're not right. really gonna play. But Minnesota is the worst team in the West. They're the worst play. team that wants to be good. Yeah. Right. And that and that also that gives a team disaster potential. That means that they could spiral. You know, it could be like towns could get really frustrated. You could see guys and and they're also they're not shallow at point guard, but they're shallow at a lot of other spots. So if guys miss time, then they're going to be putting non NBA players think, on the floor or non starters on the floor, and that's a real problem. I think the correct play for them would be to kind of like turn this in. Like they should be playing more for development than anything else. The problem is like if they do that, and they're going to lose towns, right? So that's that's the problem for them. They're they're in a no win situation. I mean, like they're not good enough. They're, they're you know they're going to try to win, but I don't think they're good enough to win, and they shouldn't have gone as aggressive there and now because they tried this hard it's going to be more frustrating if they don't now if it all works out great yeah. Rosas is a hero everything 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 looks it, great it, it, it's a weird spot yeah. let's go to the Spurs no let's and go to rookie team. of the year yeah oh rookie of the oh rookie of the year for this team so uh, I don't think Edwards is going to get the usage I don't think no, he's going to no. play enough I don't think he's going to get the shots um, and I don't think I don't think Towns should be seriously considered for MVP either. No. So like, yeah, there's nothing. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we just we just went under 33 wins. I don't think Towns is going to win MVP. Like town, like Anthony Edwards at seven to one to win the Rookie of the Year. I would love to be able to bet the field on this. Yeah, shorting that would be fun. Okay, San, San Antonio Spurs. They last year had the they they won about 37 games. Extrapolating, they had the point differential of a 39 and a half win team. And Vegas thinks they're going to be worse because the over under is it, so. You, if you want to go over 34 and up, if you want to go under 35 and down, and this is I, so, I think that okay. So are the Spurs worse than they were last year? I don't think so. Why not? I think that they, so if we're looking at the entire season there, you know, DeJounte Murray was coming back from injury. Derek White looked a lot better in the bubble. And remember the bubble was only a small part of their time because it was only eight games of their 70 or whatever. And we don't know what's going on with their vets, like which guys are going to stick on the team. But now they like, I feel like both are gone. I mean, you got to think like they're going to, if I'm them, I'm basically trying to move these guys. Yeah. But San Antonio doesn't make a ton of, they don't generally make a ton of moves in season. And they, it kind of feels like if they were going to do it, they would have already, unless it's as a facilitator and something else. I mean, it's possible that they've kind of had, they've had some front office shakeups, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different there now than it was before. 
I so so this is one that I'm actually looking for kind of for you to convince me. So I'm definitely an over with San Antonio. I just think especially with Pop as their coach, they'll be they'll be better than this. I think they'll be okay on defense and they'll be okay on offense and generally speaking that's better than a 34 win team. But well, okay, what let's, I'm let's, let's make the case for them. One Pop, two. Devin Vassell was the top prospect on my board. Wow. And and ba- I love Vassell. Vassell's great. I think Vassell's good. But, but Pop's not going to play him, though. So he was yeah, the top prospect true. on my board. Pop's going to play him like – Pop's not going to play him enough because he never plays any rookies. So Pop, Vassell will be really, really good in spots. I like – I actually like the young guys on the Spurs, but I hate their uh, – the two stars. Like the two stars are like, no. I mean – they got to move on from that. Like kind of in the middle spot. If I were them, I'd be looking to blow it up a little bit, and I'd be kind of like thinking, "What can I do to get Kate Cunningham next year?" That's kind of their spot. If I'm the Spurs, I, but I, I don't. I don't think. I think that is what I would be doing if I were running the Spurs. I do not think that's what Greg Popovich and their front office yeah, are thinking. That's a complication. Now the models only want like the line is pretty well set for this team. Like yes. so the line's like twenty nine and a half, thirty one, which is the equivalent of a kind of a. Ooh, that's actually like. Over under, it would be like 34. Wow, 34 only for a Spurs team. Jesus Christ. Right. So so what I'm conflicted on is whether this is overfade or overplay. I mean, I got to think that, like, you know, a line of 33 and a half, which implies uh, it's, it's pop. pop. I don't I, – I, it's really hard for me to see a pop team not be close to 500 just on general professionals. And there's a bunch of guys who can actually kind of play, and they'll play competitively – and I think if they do make a trade, it'll be a trade that will make them better. Um, uh, yeah, because no, well, like them, them trading San Antonio trading their vets doesn't make them that much worse. No, like, because the guys who are stepping into those roles are actually really good. Yeah, right? so like, more, I like Keldon Johnson a lot. So it's it's just dudes though, and you know, and I like other I like Devin Vassell a lot too. And um, yeah, I'm gonna play it. Screw it. I, I'm, 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 this is, this is my pop belief here. That's going to be, I, I think, is, and, and Derek, is, I really like Derek White too. That is such a low line. That yeah. really is such a low line. Good Lord. God, 33. Though, though maybe I shouldn't play the over considering what's coming. Um, but screw it. I'm going to, a pop deserves my respect. What do you mean? I have a lot of overs coming. God, um, I'm looking at this. Is this team better? Is this team better than it is last, than it was last year? Um, Probably, and, uh, and, and they were they played at a thirty nine and a half win expectancy last year. If you look at point differential, like they don't have to be better than last year to clear this easily. God, and you're gonna talk me, you're gonna talk me into overplay on this team. Like I, uh, I'm gonna go. I, uh, man, it's thirty three. It's, it's like, what's really what's really killing me. It's it's thirty four wins for the Spurs. It's like I'm looking at it and going like God, and they'll do that. Uh, it's gonna really depend on the schedule for this team. They're playing out of the Southwest. Does that help or hurt? It actually hurts. It actually, mm, hmm. Does that, does that hurt or help them? What, less, fewer games in the Southwest? Fewer games in the Southwest. I think it, I think it hurts them a little bit just because that division's not as top-heavy. Like, well, yeah, but they're going to play more games against the Northwest than they typically would. They are also going to play more games against the Pacific than the Pacific. But the Northwest, is, the Northwest and Pacific are better than the Southwest. And they basically get more percentage-wise games against the East, too. So that, it, it is slight help to all the West teams to actually play more of that. Um, crap. Uh, I'm going to go overplay on this. Uh, I don't... This is, this is the... It's just really... I can't see how Pop doesn't win 34 games, unless he retires. I mean, like... Overplay. I, I got right, go And over. remember, like, la- it's not like last season went perfectly for the Spurs. 
Aldridge no, didn't no. play in the bubble. Um, I just, I, a I bunch just of guys missed a little bit of time. I, I'm just not a Lamar fan. I'm just not a Lamar a Lamarcus fan. But I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they're the guy. They're the guy who can make facilitators ready for something. Somebody's like going to bribe them. But again, I agree with you. Like if they lose those guys, that doesn't necessarily hurt them. I actually think that they kind of do well anyway. Um, like even the worst projection that we have has them slightly over. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to. I'm, Pop- I'm Popovich, a- I'm going overplay. It's for you. Yeah, over overplay. I mean, like I, I, I get it. I under, I under, I get it. I understand it. Um, it is, it is. I, I will say that is. This is one like if somebody just goes like, nah, I can understand that. Um, and, and you're you're high on Devin Vassell, but not for rookie of the year because he's not going to play. Pop, yeah, Pop Pop's not going to play him enough. I mean, I and, and I'm really I'm really high on him, but just Pop. I don't, I don't even think his odds are listed. Hold on. No, they but, are. Uh, I'm seeing it from your sheet at sixty to one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is again, if if he was on another team, I would definitely be hot on him. I think Pop's basically going to hide him like he did Kawhi. So you know, he'll. I think I think he's good enough that he'll break into the rotation. Yeah, I think and, and even if he, let's say, was a starter for the second half of the year, which is like a ridiculous best case scenario for the way Popovich well, plays mean, rookies, he still probably wouldn't get enough time to do it. Well, no. What's the scenario with Devin Vassell as a starter for the Spurs? The Spurs have traded. Uh, if the Spurs have traded Demar Derozan and for picks and like and like and uh, not not pass. somebody who plays that position, and then Devin Vassell is getting his spot, like the Spurs are not worse. Yeah. The Spurs are a better like if that happens, the Spurs are a better team than they were before. So yeah, and no, I yeah, I agree with you. Like uh, yeah, overplay. And, and and San Antonio, no 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 reason to think about the division, conference, or title odds. Like that's, oh, no, that's no, not no, the no. type of team they are. No no no, uh, well, that, that division is too 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 well too good. Like for like I, I I clearly have them as the fifth best team in that division. Memphis Grizzlies. This one will be fun. Uh, Memphis defied Memphis. all expectations last year. They basically played at a 38-win pace, whether we're talking about record or win, win point differential. Vegas thinks they'll be a little bit worse this year. Uh, if you want to go over 36 and up, if you want to go under 36 and down, and I'm conflicted on this a little bit. Like I, I think that this is too low of a line. I'm a believer in John Morant. I also think that the the Grizzlies. Depth will be a problem at times, but also I think it is Wait, better. Vegas, Vegas thinks they got worse? Yeah, I mean, they played at a 38-win pace, and their projections are 35-36. No, no, no. Why would you think that? That is like, oh, no. Like, that team, I mean, I was over on them last year, and, um, like, like is uh, is uh, Valanciunas healthy? Yeah, he, I, saw him, I saw him play yeah, two so days Valanciunas, ago. Valanciunas didn't really play last year, so you're getting more Valanciunas, you're getting more Brandon Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't healthy right now, and yeah, Justice like Winslow the, is the, seemingly never healthy. The, the key players on this team are... are, are are Valanciunas, Brandon Clark, and John Morant are, are, are your three keys, right? If those guys are healthy and playing, and I think they're going to be, then I actually, I mean, there are a bunch of young players on this team. I think this team is better than they were last year. They're better than they were last season to me. Yeah, so for, for me, I, I'm going over fade instead of over play, even though I think this line is too low, because there's going to be a gravity on all these teams. And remember, there's a difference between Memphis and, Memphis's prediction in San Antonio's in terms of like over and under in terms of like so for San Antonio cashes at 34 Memphis doesn't cash until 36 and if we're talking 82 game extrapolation yeah um and Memphis the the challenge that they run to like so I expect them to go over this but I wouldn't bet it because there are just so many teams in this range and 
I could see, you know, I could see teams just them fighting, fighting it off a little bit. And so like, I, I want to play this, but I, I, I've just at the same point, just, I like some of the other teams a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a fade on it and I think I might regret it. I'm looking up the, uh, the rookies that they drafted real quick. Um, Des- they didn't have they didn't have their own first because that was owed to the Celtics. They got Desmond Bain, and then they they got Xavier Tillman. They traded up to get him. Yeah, I like both those guys. Don't love them. They're not going to play a ton. I don't. Think. I, I think it's it's a very young team. You would expect them to improve. As I said, JV, who's like a, J, J, Valanciunas, is a really underrated player. And if he's healthier, Brandon Clark is a really good player. He's healthier, so I kind of like the upside on this team a lot. That number isn't a ridiculous number, though. I mean, like, it's 31 and a half. Do you think, you think the Grizzlies could go fight? The, yeah, the problem is, like, we like the Grizzlies, we like the Kings, right? So I like all of these teams. Like, so that that's a big challenge, and um, we'll get to them in a little bit. But, like— Yeah, we, we also keep in mind, we had the, we had the, the, we had the, the, the back end of the, the East just so low, too. So I think that part of it is— They, will, get- they will fatten up there a little bit. And, and remember, these West teams are playing a higher proportion of their games against the East because you're still yeah. doing the two. So that's going right. to— going to help them out but like for memphis last year so they were 23rd in offense and 15th in defense using cleaning glasses filter i could see them being better on offense and pretty similar on defense and so, so that yeah so on the models two of them have one there one of them has the over which is the over is just my model uh and then like darko has them on there but i think part of that is like with a young team it'll underrate them because like these guys will continue to improve same thing with like I, thought, I mean, that 31.5 number is so sexy. I mean, I'm looking at it and go like, that is a sexy number. I like the over on that. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree and go overplay on that. Okay, that's totally fair. I think I might regret it. But I, I kind of felt like I can't do overplay on all these teams, and I'm less confident in them than some of the others, especially I love Jared Jackson, and I think that he's— it's just, you know, Again, it's just Memphis— I think Memphis is going to compete with every team every night, more yeah, or less. Yeah, I mean, they, had, they, they, they played the Lakers tough last year. And they're, they're, it's just, again, I love a lot of their guys, and they get another year of development, like Ja, Brandon Clark. I think JV playing is a huge deal. He's Damn it, I'm a- changing it to a play. I, I like them too much. It's It might yeah, cause me problems. I'm, I'm changing it. it. It's just one of those, like, you're looking at it like, do we really think they're two games worse? No, 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 no. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and remember, like, yeah, Justice Winslow is hurt right now. They got nothing from Justice Winslow last year. And remember, the guys they traded him for, Iguodala didn't play a minute for them. Yep. And Jay Crowder was bad for the Grizzlies. So if yeah. if Justice Winslow gives them anything positive, it's better than what they had. If 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 if, if, if Valanciunas plays half the season, it's better than last year. Well, and, Clark- and remember, for those who listen to the part when I talked about Killian Hayes in part in the Eastern Conference, I talked about how. Young point guards, it always takes them time. John Morant was legitimately good last year. Generally, when young point guards are legitimately good, they get better quickly. What about the division? No. No. I mean, the division has the Dallas Mavericks in it. It has yeah, the all Dallas, these other teams. We'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks in a bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, it is it is 20 to 1, but I see Mem- like Memphis, I see them, this overplay is not because I think they're going to win 45 games. It's because I think they're going to win 40. And it's hard yeah, to win think, a division as a 41 team. I think we both kind of, we kind of, we kind of feel that there are going to be a bunch of like teams in the West that are going to be close to 500, whereas the East is going to have a bunch of teams that are just like not good. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the, the top, the, the East is top heavy. Whereas the West is just like middle heavy, you know, like and middle top heavy. heavy. <laughs> like even the bad teams in the West, in the West are teams that like yeah, they could they could beat a bad team. Like they're they're just yeah. professional, and well coached and and solid. Um, 
I, okay. And we don't need to talk about Rookie of the Year or any of that stuff for Memphis or title or anything like that. Uh, so we can go to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans Ooh, last really... year, they uh, won at a 34-win pace, but they had the differential of a 39-and-a-half win team. And that's potentially relevant because they changed some things over. You know, got Steven Adams, swapped out Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe. And, they added uh, – so – I really like what they did because if you're going to build a team around Zoe and Brandon Ingram, basically getting the other three starters to be three plus defenders and Lonzo, Stephen Adams, and Eric Bledsoe is a really good is a really really good. Player. I'm I'm worried about them offensively in some very specific respects, but yeah, that is a very that is yeah, a very so, reasonable defensive foundation. Zoe so and Brandon just draw so much offensive attention, but really, so yeah. so basically just have all this gravity. And then, which helps Brandon, and then basically the guys they got playing off them are real. Like Stephen Adams is a great, underrated, great pickup for a team that has two like high usage defensive players like that. And then the guys, the other guys they have like Josh Hart. And he come, like it's a this is a really good, this is a well built team with high upside depending on how well their two stars develop. And again, I think also the other upside is like, well, I mean, if, if Lonzo continues his shooting improvement. Then that's also another kind of improvement. Like so. Well, and it, here's the other thing: they have options. Like the the, the Pelicans, if yes, if yeah. if Lonzo doesn't work, they have JJ Redick, and they have Nikhil Alexander Walker, and they have Kyra and Lewis, Hull. and they. I mean, I wish they still had George Hill, but they don't. That's okay. They have various players that, that you know they they have the forward is a little bit shallower there, and then center. Like I mean, you have Stephen Adams, who's been pretty much an Ironman his entire career. Um, so I like Jackson, and I like Jackson Hayes. I'm not. I'm not oh, bad. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. good on him too. I, I'm I'm a little bit lower, but here's another element of this to remember: when Zion Williamson was on the floor last year, which was only 662 minutes, but because and, and remember that that also included parts, uh, small parts of the bubble, which where the Pelicans were a disaster. They were plus basically plus five in point differential, and they have a better coach, Stan Van Gundy. I think that Gentry, you know, Gentry had yeah. some had some real flaws there. And they're deeper, yeah, so the team, the team had checked out on Gentry. It clearly checked out on Gentry. Yeah. So I so for me, I was I was definitely an over on this because so it said it basically thirty thirty nine and up if you're over, thirty eight and down if you're under. Yeah, do we think do we think this is a better than five hundred team? And my answer is yes. Yes. And because and, and here's the other there's a couple other reasons. Like Zion was on the floor, right? He was player plus five with Zion on the floor, and he didn't have a complimentary center like Steven Adams on the floor with him, right? Yeah, and 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 so I think that you know they they were good in some of the favors minutes before the bubble and favors just didn't look, think, it didn't look as good anymore. I think um, this team is going to be is is going to be way better defensively than it was last year. I think that's entirely possible, and I think that having Zion hopefully for a higher proportion of the season I think, will, will help as well offensively, I think not I defensively. Think I think their top unit, like their their starters, are going to have like a really good plus minus. I mean, I don't think their bench is going to be like they got a bunch of young players on the bench. So it's a little more, it's a little dicier when you get into the bench, but their top unit. That is a that is a very solid top unit. Well, but even right? like, like you talked about, maybe some scariness of their bench, but like they have enough guys. I think yeah. that they'll be that they'll be you know like having whatever they're getting I'm from like, Redick and and I still like Nikhil and they they know, still need they kind of they kind they kind of rely a lot on Lonzo to be kind of like a wing stopper basically yeah, on defense. That's 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 a real like I mean uh, that I I didn't like. Well, Cairo, I was fine with. I, I I didn't 
I didn't know a lot of the other guys but, in that range. Um, they're, they're, but you know, Jackson they Hayes. Remind me, they remind me a bit of the Nuggets in that, like, like I like the fit. I wish they had one more wing defender. Yeah, and, but it, but kind of different than the Nuggets. The Pelicans are being projected as a high thirties team as opposed to you know. No, like and that, that, that's to me. This is an easy five hundred. This is this is five hundred team easy for me. I mean, like I think I think they could in a normal season. Like I could see them winning forty five if if everything develops properly and everybody's healthy. Uh, there's some risk on the roster, so which is why I'm thinking they're more like a like a like a five hundred team. But that line is just silly. That like yeah. thirty, like they're at thirty eight. I'm like, no, nah, they can clear that by three or four games easy. Uh, so I'm an, I'm an overplay as well. Yeah, we're both overplay on that. And but like the other teams in the Southwest, we talked about not high on their division odds or their conference odds or the title odds. And I don't see a good rookie of the year MVP here. Um, what are the odds on Zion? Like I think he, he's more likely to get the top five than he is to win the MVP. So like yeah, if I could bet him like at like give me give me sign a twenty to one to top five the MVP, I might be interested in that. But not a hundred to one to win the MVP. I'd be more interested. Like division odds for New Orleans are they're too eight. strong. I think they're like six to one. Six to one. That's too high. That's too. No, I don't like that. Yeah, that's no, no, that's no, 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 no. Yeah. No. I can't. I can't. Like again, we'll we'll get we'll get to we'll get to the, we'll get to the Mavericks and like even then, even without the Mavericks, I kind of think the Rockets are getting. If the Rockets don't completely implode, I don't like if they don't completely implode it with a trade. They're still kind of well, they're still good. Well, let's let's get to them right now. So the Houston Rockets, they won fifty games. They they had fifty fifty win pace last year. They had the differential of a forty eight win team, and they traded. Robert Covington away, they acquired Christian Wood, they traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall, and they are being dramatically punished, partially due to the uncertainty with James Harden in the projections. Yeah, I, think, I think that line that line with the uh, Vegas is basically projected them. They were a fifty win team last year. The Vegas is basically projecting them as a forty as a forty win team. Yeah. So if you go you could get forty it's, but it's, this is heavy on Harden speculation, really. It it really is. And so I um so so basically you could go forty and fewer and cash on the under, forty and above and cash on the over. I would say so before the Giannis extension happened. I was actually consi- heavily considering an overplay here because I think that that Harden. Every model, by the way, every model thinks it's an. All the models think it's an over. Yeah, it it and it. I I'm more confident in the over. It's really for me whether it's a fade or a play because well, I mean, the. I think- but let's let's talk about the other before we get into the Harden thing. There's another factor on this, which is how healthy. Like the first question was, how healthy is John Wall, right? And so they made the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade, and on the Slack channel with all the insiders and all that, and like everyone was like, no, Wall isn't healthy, right? So like this is a bad trade for the Rockets because Wall isn't healthy. And from what we've seen from John Wall in the preseason. That's not the case. John he Wall seems looks pretty healthy. He, he seems pretty healthy. He seems spry. All the DFS cousins guys looks like, healthy too. Yeah, they, like all the DFS guys are like Wall looks great. We're we're so happy. Wall looks great. Like given that, like if you put the roster, Harden's not there. Whatever they get back from Harden, assume you've got Boogie who looks okay. Boogie who looks good. Wall who looks good. I'm not crazy about Solomon. I like Christian Wood. So like even without Harden, right? Even without Harden, that is still like. A 34-and-a-half line is still an interesting over, even without Harden, whatever they get back from Harden, right? If This is, again, this is assuming John Wall is healthy and he looks it, right? So, and again, we're not, talk, we're not talking about, we're talking about, like, we're talking about, like, if, if Harden wasn't there, I'd be thinking that, like, there's, like, a 45. Harden isn't there. They don't get anything for Harden. 34-and-a-half, is it that bad for that roster? 
It's not terrible. So that again, this is like a forty win pace in an eighty two game season. Like 30, uh, like 40, you're saying, can they win forty games with? And I'm kind of looking at going. I like, would I would go under. Then I just think that Harden is. They have a lot of guys not, that. It's not, a, it's not a huge under though. It's not. It wouldn't be a huge under, but it would be. It would be under. And but why? I just don't feel comfortable playing this given given the uncertainty. I think they'll go over. You know, I, I'm more in some ways. I'm more confident in this over than Memphis's, but. Yeah. The uncertainty about about playing and also like having a superstar who doesn't want to be there can be really challenging. Maybe the guys aren't going to care as much on defense. The coaching coaching change turned over and all that. Like, there's some disaster potential with this team. And who's so, their back, who's their backup center? Well, I mean, it's Wood and Cousins. Whichever way they're going to do, I think. Well, I think that, those maybe they'll play one of those guys at the four. But I don't. That I is think, kind of a that is kind of a huge improvement at that four and five spot. I, oh, I really, it is. But they're also, but I mean, they also have worse talent for a switching system, and Harden doesn't do well in a non-switching system. But again, that kind of stuff matters a lot more in the playoffs than the regular season, and I don't think we're focusing too much on the playoffs for Houston. Um, so I think we're both overfade on this, aren't we? I think so. Um, and then, so we can look at their. God, their, it's a really, it's a really, it's a really hard line to walk away from. But somebody's got to lose these games. Right, and it, it just you know sometimes there's I I think that the over here is a totally reasonable bet, but it's like you have to you have to turn on some of them, and there's just so much uncertainty. And and remember they lost their general manager. I think Rafael Stone did a good job, but you, you still you kind of have all those little question marks and everything else. Um, division odds five and a half to one. That's not terrible because they could be a totally fine team, and we don't. Dallas is not the most certain thing in the world, but I also don't love it. And then I, I hate their conference and title odds because they're just not good enough. Well, that's actually an interesting thing. So, like division odds would be them winning in the equivalent. Like, so one of the models thinks that like Rabin thinks they could win like fifty six games. Like, what's the best sunny day scenario? They win fifty six games. Is that enough to win their division? Yes. It, no, it's more not like definitely, but I think so. Not definitely, but maybe so. I think we're both over fade, and I li- like I like the division odds for Houston better than I like the over bet. And I would be- I would bet the division for Houston. I think I like the I like over the- better than the division. Harden, there's a really interesting argument. So the the best odds I I was seeing on your list for Harden is like let's say roughly twenty to one. It's mostly around fifteen. I it it would be crazy for him to just have that really good season. Um, but I especially if he gets tr- it's it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like twenty to one is what I'm seeing for him. Yeah, like that's that's not crazy. Like, if it was ten to one, I would say don't touch it. But twenty to one is like eh, if you wanted to throw a couple bucks on it. I mean, it depends. On, like, so which teams could trade for him? Like Brooklyn, Philly are the two probably the two most likely. Well, but keep in mind, like and I Miami. Keep, I keep now that everything happened, he, maybe Toronto. He's not, he is not getting traded to the Nets because the, the, he has no leverage. His agent wants him traded to the Nets. He wants to go to the Nets. That he has no leverage. So well, he he does in the sense that so Brooklyn has some young players, but the problem is the young the young players are hard. Does not take care of himself enough for him to walk away from that fifth year option, particularly given the CBA situation. I don't. We'll we'll see where the league is then. But I'm saying like you sign him for two years, and I think that third year I would put the odds on him signing that extension at seventy five percent. Because it's just such a huge number, and the CBA, like the whole thing was, I would say it's like 75% for him to sign him. I could be wrong. So basically you're saying you're getting three years. I think that, like, you know, it's got to be a team who can actually pay for him. And teams that can pay for him are Philly in terms of, like, assets, Boston, Toronto. um, I'm trying to think of other teams that could actually pay for him. Miami could definitely pay for him in terms of assets. OKC could pay for him in terms of assets. Right. I mean, I don't know that they would, but they I'm saying like, they could. But they could but theoretically. Seems that they could. So I mean, New Orleans maybe could. 
Ooh, that's interesting. Like the trick is like whatever teams does he wind up is a team that could like. So I think I think Houston at six is it, we said six to five to one to win the division, and then Harden at twenty. I mean, I like I I I I think I really I really like the five to five five and a half to one for Houston to win the division, and I like Harden at twenty to one as a long shot. I, I would say I'm ambivalent on the division, and I like but don't love Harden at MVP. So I'm basically gonna, I'm going to put that down. This is like uh, Arturo likes uh, Houston. At, I said five and a half or six and a half. Uh, I think it's five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half to one. To one. Because I think that that's a more accurate representation of what their upside percentage is. Does that make sense? Yeah. To, I definitely could see them winning that. I just like I think it's like more in that range. Uh, Div and Danny likes twenty to one to win MVP for Harden. MVP for Harden. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Okay, I mean, let's, let's, go ahead. There, yeah. Let's jump to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns last year, darlings of the bubble. They won if you extended out thirty-eight games, but if you use point differential forty and a half. And they added Chris Paul, lost Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre, added Jay Crowder. And Vegas basically thinks they're going to be a similar team. If you want to go over, 43 and up. If you want to go under, 43 and down. And I'm an overplay. Yeah, I'm an overplay. This is fairly simple. We've seen what happens when people go to uh, Chris Paul school. school. Uh, This isn't very hard at all. Uh, I think this is – we have broad agreement, I think, on this. Like – yeah, all three models are like over, and like all three models are over, and all three models are like within two and a half uh, wins. So like the lowest we have is forty-one, which is three. Like Shane has them three. He has them three and a half wins over the over/under, whereas the other two models have more like five wins over. Um, and remember, and that's just, on I, this shortened season, so that's like that's a pretty big margin. Yeah, that's that's a huge margin. And and, and again, here's what comes Like I mean, they lost Aaron Baines, a couple other guys, but like. Chris Paul is just going to make everybody on this team better. Um, and Booker was already showing improvement, as was my, like Bridges and a bunch of the other guys. Aiton's going to be helped by this. Um, and, you know, they're just going to compete every night. And it's a really interesting fit. I mean, I expect their defense to improve. I expect their offense to improve. So, I mean, the trick on this team now is uh, how much better do we – like, do we think they have a shot winning the division? No, right? Yes, maybe? Division, I, I don't think they're going to be that kind of team. And remember remember the competition for them in the division. Like, you're going to have to win in the 50s, like probably the mid-50s. And I think, I don't think, Phoenix, I think they're going to, remember this is like a 43-win team. I think they'll be in the mid-40s, maybe even the high 40s, but I don't think they're going to be in the 50s. Do you think they're better than the Warriors, who we haven't talked about yet? Uh, I would say they're kind of their expected value is probably higher. Like they're um, because they they they're less health reliant than the Warriors. I I think they're definitely deeper and their roster is better. Yeah, but I would say maybe their absolute ceiling is a little bit lower just because I mean Steph we Curry know. is an MVP level talent yeah, we and know, we know that we know that Steph Curry is going to raise. We'll talk about the Warriors in a little bit. He's going to raise the real level of that, but like there's some really like some stinkers on that Warriors roster. Oh, for sure. Uh, um, this is a really interesting team. Um, and I don't love their conference or title odds. Um, they don't have anybody for rookie of the year because Jalen Smith's not going to play enough and isn't good enough. Um, MVP, I you know I've loved Chris Paul forever. I don't think he's winning most valuable player. I don't think Devin Booker is winning most valuable player. Sorry, I was sneezing there. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think Booker will definitely improve, 
but we've got Booker and Paul, and I'd be like, if, again, I don't think Paul wants to or should play 72 games. I think Paul should play 60, 60 games, something like 60 games, uh, get a lot of rest. and like. But there, here's the thing about, thing about this team. Is this team is already improving, and he will make them better enough that it won't matter that he won't play the full season. So I, it kind of takes him out of the it kind of takes him out of the MVP kind of conversation. But yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, we're both kind of clear that we really like this this team. What what do you think would have been a fair line for this? I mean, I, I, this is just a silly line, like thirty seven and a half. I mean, well, actually, it is over five hundred. So it's well, so for I, I would say that I would say this is pretty close. Maybe so if we're going eighty two game equivalent, forty five, forty six, something in that range. Yeah, it's like it, yeah, it, it should have been like it should have been like two 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 wins higher. I think yeah. just because it's Phoenix. But yeah, no, we kind of saw. I mean, is this a, is this team better than last year's Thunder? Yes. Right, right. It's and that team almost won fifty. That team won fifty games. Yeah. Um, last year's uh, th- last year's Thunder were maybe I shouldn't have been as quick on the yes there. Um, but last year's Thunder, <laughs> last year's Thunder also really overachieved on their point differential, which they which don't was, ha- they don't have a defensive player at the rim as good as uh, Stephen Adams. I think Aiton's going to take a step forward again this year. I think, right. that, we, we, and remember, but but here's something that that Phil that Phoenix does have, and and you can make an argument that you know Dort really did step out there, but. Think about their wing, their wing depth and wing defenders. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. Jay Crowder, and then yeah. Sharich is fine. Like if Sharich is your worst defender at the time, totally fine. Yeah, and and and, and Devin Booker is a better player than uh, like Shea. like. And I like Shea, but no, Devin Booker. He's is a better, better than Gallinari. He's better than yeah. like all, all all the support players on the Thunder last year. You know uh, who did they draft? The Suns. They drafted Jalen Smith at backup center. So yeah, uh, yeah, and he's they okay. should have drafted Halliburton. To continue a refrain from the Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, they should. Um, well, this is the one team I'm going to give them a pass on because they knew they had the Chris Paul deal made. They needed depth at big. Oh, but I so, mean, they but you could they could have gotten somebody for them. They, they could have gotten somebody better, for them. They, they have the best case of of all the teams that did. Yeah, but they could have taken your boy Vassell too. Uh, they have a good case. They, they have the best case for taking a big. I, I, I and I, here's the thing. I, I, I had Jalen Smith at like top. They had one of the better. He was the best power forward I had listed. I think. Oh, you was, so you liked him? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I like I, I like Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was a, was a good player in college. I had him at like the twelfth ranked big. And if they were like looking at that roster, saying I'm getting Chris Paul, I've got Devin Booker, I'm going to compete. I need depth at at big. Then yeah, Jalen Smith was a good pick. I, I don't I don't disagree with it. I, I understand why they didn't go. For depth at the wing or depth at the at the point or shooting guard, because really this is the one situation where I forgive them for drafting for on talent, right? I, I mean, I, it's fine. I, I, I think I think the Suns have actually shown like a lot of competence recently. Yeah, like supposedly. they haven't like, done. I haven't liked everything they've done, but I've, I've liked a lot of it. Um, let's... No, no, I mean, it, it's a, it's improvement. I mean, I think like they've stuck to their young guys and they've gotten the right pieces in place to make them improve over time, which is something that like you got to admire for them. Yeah. Like, and, and I, you know, good. It's like okay, so let's go to wow. This is going to be interesting. The Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Warriors were unbelievably terrible last year. I don't think that's necessarily predictive. Yes. And so instead we can use their, their current line. If you extend it to an 82-game season, they it's basically 44 and over, 44 and up for over, 44 and under and down for under. And so basically are the Warriors a 500 team? And I am torn. You're saying you're torn? I'm torn. Um, and, okay, so here's the thing on the Warriors, right? So the Warriors are going to be very, very good when Steph Curry is on the floor because just basketball teams with Steph Curry on the floor 
are very, very good. He creates gravity, he stretches the floor. The Warriors are going to be bad when Steph Curry is not on the floor. Right? Correct. Because the problem is we're not having Clay. Right, Clay was their second secondary guy that can stretch the offense. Means they really don't have any plus offensive players other than Steph Curry. Right, Wiggins was mildly plus last year, but he was playing on a shit team, so that I wouldn't I wouldn't count that. I think Wiggins, when he plays next to Curry, is probably going to be the like his the best version of himself. The problem is going to be that like uh, Wiggins, any shot that you give to Wiggins that you're taking away from Steph is a loss. Right, so. That really, that Wiggins contract is a really bad contract, and it's going to be like a really bad problem for them. And they really should be in the market for any and all trade. They really should be looking to move like, like Wiggins. And there's the other guy. Who's the other guy who has like a big salary on this team? Um, I mean, Clay and Draymond. Yeah, no, but Clay and Draymond, you don't want to move. Draymond, you need to keep because he's your plus defensive player. Like Curry's your Curry's your offense. Draymond's their defense, right? And Looney and Base more good too. And but and I I like the Wanamaker ad by the way. I love. I've mentioned Wanamaker before. I love it. But Wiggins, you need to move Wiggins. I like Wiseman, right? I think Wiseman is kind of their their X factor. If he's really good, which I think he's, he has a chance to be good, then that kind of braces their ceiling. The problem is, like, when Curry's not on the floor, this roster doesn't make sense. So they need to figure out a way to move Wiggins, and they might have to take they might have to pay they might have to pay somebody to take him. And ideally, you'd like to get somebody who can actually stretch the floor a bit with like shooting, right? So I, I, I don't understand why – I didn't understand why they took the D'Angelo Russell contract, and I didn't really understand why the hell they bailed out Minnesota on that horrible Wiggins trade. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. And, like, you know, there's been all this warrior propaganda going like, oh, we're Wiggins, we can trade him. Like, look, you can't. You couldn't trade him. I, like, I don't know who's going to take that contract, right? Uh, I think – so I am similarly low as you on Wiggins, but – one thing that I openly acknowledge is that there are people who feel differently than I do in in front offices and that Wiggins, his physical potential and all that. I agree with you that what the Warriors should be targeting is rehab his value as best you can and then trade him because he is he is very limited. Yeah, if, you, if you if you if you you should not hold out like your bluff, Wiggins is a bluff, right? So you should not hold out for a Cadillac offer if you yeah. get a deep. Oh no, no. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically if if you could, theoretically if you could amnesty if you could get off of his contract scot free, you would do it. But but he, so you you talked about the Wiggins trade being bad. The reason I disagree I with that, like we talked about this when we were talking about like the Bulls. It's like like if you could trade if if you somehow could trade Wiggins straight up for Otto Porter, you do that. You do that. Oh, of course. Half- you of do course. that in a second. Like you do that if you have to like throw in picks. Like if you have to throw in like a protected, like a protected for the top twenty picks first. I, I'd probably still do it too. Yeah, because- I mean Wiggins, Wiggins contract because you could do other, you could do other things with that, with that, and and it is really ownership's money. Like the Warriors aren't going to have cap space no matter what because they have Steph Clay and right. Draymond. It, what but I really it does, like, it does like give you flexibility. Get, you'd like to get somebody who replaces some of what Clay gives you, so you'd like to get a three and D player. You'd like to get somebody who can stretch the floor. Ideally, get somebody who can drive. That'd be ideal, and who isn't inefficient. Right, so you want somebody who can play defense and like run the ball in the second unit. That's what you need. That's what like who is the secondary point guard on this team? Wanamaker. I yeah. like Wanamaker, but he shouldn't be like Wanamaker is a good like fourth guard or third guard. I don't think like well, Wanamaker. See, really so here's at- here I'll, I'll phrase the Wanamaker thing differently. Wanamaker is a good player, but what he is best at isn't what this Warriors team needs. Like they need another yeah. guy who can create offense off the bench, and they don't really Wanamaker have that guy right now. Great, Wanamaker is a great guy to play your second guard on your second unit, not the guy like basically he's going to wind up being your lead guard on your first second unit on this team. Right? Am I wrong? I'm looking at this roster and we're like, yeah. I mean, they might try a theory of like having some of their starters play some bench minutes but it's that doesn't that i don't think they're good enough to make 
make those minutes work. You can't, you can't, you can't have Draymond do that. I mean, like, and like, ideally, what's probably going to end up happening is you'll get like something like Wanamaker Wiseman on the second unit. Um, but again, I'm looking at the, like, or like Wanamaker Ubre or something. Yeah, I like God. Oh, Uber is the other guy. Like God, Lord, like God. I really don't like the. But again, I mean, like this is kind of paying the piper. Like, I, I they started moving sideways to, to kind of get tricky on this. But like, really, any offer they get for Wiggins is a good offer. Yeah, but like, the reason the reason just as a point of clarity, just because I think we might disagree on this, I supported the Russell for Wiggins trade mostly because I'm lower on Russell, but also because the pick they got from the Wolves is a genuine asset. Like that is that to me is one of the better like one of the better tools that a team has moving forward. I mean, Minnesota, you, mean, you and I both hammered their under about, I don't know, an hour ago. Wasn't that, wasn't that pick? Wasn't, was that, is that, wasn't that pick Wiseman? No, no, that's top. It's, oh. top, it's top three protected. That's their, that was their own pick. Their pick, the Ooh. pick they got from Minnesota. And actually, yeah. Like, like, a, like, a, like the four or five next year is going to be a good pick. No, I agree exactly. with that. I, yeah. Like that. It, the for me, the, the margin between Russell and Wiggins is not worth like the fifth pick. This what is, year. what is the worst player you would take back for, for Wiggins? Would you take back DeMar DeRozan? I mean, I mean, I would take back any expiring contract. That's, would you take? Would you take Lamarcus Aldridge? Sure, any 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 player. I would have taken back Nick Batum. I mean, it's just. I mean, he, now you can't because he got waived and stretched. But no, because just the 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 eventual years on that contract as all these players get more expensive. That's like the Warriors are going to have trouble using like they did this <laughs> year. They had trouble using their mid level exception. If they let's if they get, could use that, realist, let's get into realistic potential. Would you take Aaron, would you take Aaron Gordon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, same same, same deal. I'm like trying to think. Wiggins of like, has one of the worst contracts in the league. Like he has one of the ten worst, probably one of the five worst right now. And he Wiggins has the capacity to change that. And he was better last year than the year before. But he's still like him on a max deal is still bad. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a certain upside, but like, yeah, no, you you kind of need to get it. the problem again is you're tied up all like you need to move that money to get a player who fits better. I'm. Am I under? Oh, God, I can't. So I'll tell you, I'm an overfade. I think that, you know, I'm a believer in Steph Curry. I think that their offense will be totally fine when he's on the floor. Like you, I'm not a believer in the non-Steph Curry minutes, but they're, I mean, you expect that Curry's going to play, that he's going to play a lot. Remember, he is not somebody who is going to get it. Remember, the injuries that he has suffered aren't really the same type of thing. Like Aaron Baines fell on his hand. Like that is not a that is not a repetitive stress injury. That is a Aaron Baines falling on your hand injury. Well, I mean, how much was that he was really hurt? And how much was that? Like, just take the year off stuff. We well, the early done. part of it was he was really hurt. The later part was they they slow they were slow on it. This was like this was like Paul Pierce in two thousand seven. Like just 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 take the year off, Paul. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, you got stabbed a couple years back. You'll you'll be you need you need the time off. Like, yeah. So I, I'm an overfade. I, I think they're I, I think they're a five over a five hundred team barely. But I it wouldn't stun me if they went under this. It wouldn't stun me at all. All the models are under. Are. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to go fade because I respect Steph Curry. Because I do. But the problem is, like, and we were watching in real time the preseason game. We're like, they're so bad when he's not on the floor. Yes, they're really so, so, so bad. They're like a bad team. Like they have like no plus offensive players outside of like Steph. And basically, you can just destroy them when he's not on the floor. And like the good defensive teams, all they got, all they have to do is like you know box in one Curry, just like just just crash into him and like force everybody else on this team to take a shot. And like, but, but remember, like the regular teams don't generally deviate from their regular season or from their game by game approaches in the regular season. So like that, yeah, that's going to be a real problem for the Warriors in the playoffs. And that leads to what I think is one of the funniest lines that exists anywhere, which is that on the sheet that you gave me. So I can't speak to that. It is. The the Warriors division odds pay out better than the Warriors winning the Western Conference in the playoffs. 
Well, that makes sense, though. It it kind of does because they like they're not going to win a, a ton of would games you, in the regular would season. Would you put them? Would you put? Them, do you think the stuns are better or worse than them? Uh. I would say that, uh, like you asked me that a couple minutes ago, I said the Suns had a higher expected value. I would say the Warriors might have a higher ceiling just because okay. Steph is let a player. Me, let me. What would it take for you to bet on the Warriors to finish fifth in that? Let's finish fourth in that conference. You know, uh, in the division, fifth, fifth in division. Oh, they, fifth would be. I mean, Steph getting hurt. I mean, they did it last year. It, yeah, if you give if you give me the the Warriors finishing fifth in the Pacific at ten to one, I'm taking it because yeah. Oh, I would like too. I, I'm betting ten to one on Steph getting hurt, and like I think the Kings are good. Right, so I think the Kings are good. I think the Suns are good. I think the, the Clippers, the Lakers are good. Yeah. So, like, granted, it's not as big of an effect because you're not playing as many division games this year. You're playing outside the division. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, and and like the conference odds, like I wouldn't bet it. But the theory is like, if it all works, then the Warriors are dangerous. I don't think they're. I don't think is, they're nearly as good. As, Clay, I mean, Clay's not is there. Clay, is Clay playing in the playoffs? No. He tore, he tore his Achilles. He's he's out for at least an entire year. Or he might be up for. I think he's going to be out for a part of next year. Like the only like again, if you believe they could make a trade for if they could trade Wiggins for some for a good player, but I don't know that. Yeah, that's not. No, I mean even eighteen to. Do you like? Do you, what do you think about the eighteen to one to win the division? I do, I I would bet it. No no chance because so like, they're 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 as you said the non Steph Curry minutes aren't good enough and somebody in the West is going to win at least fifty. Like no, we like, we like Curry last year to win the MVP, but the, again obviously things happened. Players got hurt. He didn't play. Whatever. Steph Curry at ten and a half to one. To win the MVP. I don't think they're good enough. I mean, he would. He would. We have just, to, we just, we just kind of think that it, this is really. We really think this is a two-man race, right? Like if if Clay. Here's what I would say. If Clay two-man and three would like Harden as a third, yeah. right? I here's what I would say. If Clay had been healthy this year, yes, then the Warriors could have won enough games. They could have been in that fifty to fifty-five. They could to have. 60 they could range. have been in the. They could have been in the hunt for winning the division if Clay was healthy because of like the flexibility that he adds. And it would make it a better team, and they could, I could, they could have more, they could have more flexibility to trade Wiggins because they wouldn't need to. Whereas now they need to trade Wiggins, so that what they're going to get back is going to be crap here. So no, I agree with that. And uh, yeah, I, I, and I love Steph, and like statistically, Steph is going to have a gigantic case because the on-off case, the on-off splits for Curry are going to be insane. Like right? so, so one way of thinking about it is this: uh, last year, I said in the regular season that. Harden and Luka in either order were the two most valuable offensive players in the league. A healthy Steph Curry is right in that mix with those guys. Yeah, I think I think I think the Warriors are going to be something like I would be unsurprised if the on-off splits for Curry are like over like around 16 points per 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 100 possession. But I mean like I think the problem is like the Warriors are going to be so bad when he's not on the court that like like they're just going to blow leads back and forth and like it's going to be tough for them to play. He's not the team is not going to win enough games. And I don't know that he's going to. I mean, he's going to probably play more minutes than he typically does. But then again, like we haven't seen what Kurt like. Will Kerr kind of push his minutes or rest him anyway, right? So I mean, like, are those, I, I think the Warriors are going to be more happy. Like, I don't think they're going to push. They're the kind of team that like they're going to be happy they get to the playoffs, and they're going to be a better playoff team. They shorten their rotation and they trade Wiggins. But given that, again, this is why I'm an underfade on them. And like, ask me again for the playoffs. I think this is a team that has a real chance to be better after the trade deadline. Does that make it, sense? It's po- it's possible. I mean, we'll see what they're willing to throw into a deal. But yeah, I mean, it, there's so much there's so much disaster potential now with Clay out, just because all it takes is a small injury to totally derail the season. And also, remember we're, we've talked about how strong we think the bottom of the West is. Like, if Curry misses 15 games and all of a sudden the Warriors are four, 13th in the West. Are they really going to push super hard what? to get into the play-in 
Like, where are you? By the way, where are you on Wiseman? I like him. I think that I had Lamelo higher on my board, but I thought that Wiseman, his defensive potential is definitely intriguing, and I think that as a low usage but potentially reasonably high efficiency offensive player, like that's that's a guy I like in the league, and I think that he, you know, he has. I wouldn't say that it's the expected return, but he like I think I could imagine him being a truly great defensive player. Absolutely. I I like I like Wiseman. I think the model likes Wiseman. I wish they, given what happened with Clay, I wish they had Lamelo on right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought Lamello, they made a, I thought they made a mistake because Lamelo would be more interesting in terms of. So if you had Lamelo and then you swung like something like a Wiggins for Porter trade, then that's a really good team because the the thing is with Lamelo, Lamelo moves the ball and he attacks the basket and he's a good defensive player. Like like, like he's shown the instincts to be a good defensive player. Right, so I would be like more intrigued by this team if that was the case because I think it'd be a better fit for the raw. I need somebody who's like, like there's nobody outside of Steph that's creating gravity to the hoop, right? So the offense is just gonna be—it's gonna be one of these like it's gonna be like the Celtics when Tatum's not on the floor and and Kim is not playing. It's like God, this is gonna be—it's gonna be horrible, right? And I don't see a way around that. I mean, they yeah, they have to win a trade. They have to make a trade, but the guy they need to trade is a negative asset, right? So they need to kind of like get really lucky. And I think they can eventually make a trade, but they're not going to be able to make it in time for it to make a big difference for the season. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's fair. Okay. Let's, Portland. Let's jump to Portland. So Portland last year, remember they had a bunch of guys, including Yusuf Nurkic, functionally out for the year with, with injuries. And so they played at a basically a 38-39 win differential and win total. And Vegas, they remember they added Robert Covington. They added Derek Jones Jr. They brought back Ennis Canner. Rodney Hood uh, tore his Achilles early. He'll be back. Um, and so this is a, the line is set higher, meaningfully higher. So if you extend it again out to a to a eighty two game season, forty five and over for the over, and then forty six and under if you want to go under. Yeah, so Vegas has them about the equivalent of seven wins better than they were last season. One important statistic that we always we always like betting against teams with Melo, right? So teams with Melo, the Lakers, the Knicks, and teams with LeBron like are always going to be generally overpriced. Um, and the models are basically think this is a exceedingly well set line. Yeah, the models think it's an exceedingly well set line. There's some there's some uh, variation. Uh, like straight PM, like straight box score has them uh, lower than the line. Straight Rapham has them over. Uh, basically, Shane has them on the line, right? So it's not like a fifty fifty. Um, I'm generally going to tend towards the under on this. Somebody on the somebody in the conference has to lose the games. Um, they've got Melo prominently involved, and I think at this point Melo just like I mean he was fine for thinking, but he can't cover anybody, right? So like you you have kind of and then you added Dennis Cantor who can't cover anybody either. So there are and and I know they added Covington and I know they added Nurkic, right? He's going to go back. But you added some minus defensive players to the equation as players with some issues. Yeah, but they added um, some real pluses too. I mean, Covington. I, think right, I mean, like, if is this team is this team better than last season? Yes, I don't think they're seven games better. Right? I I do. I so I'm I'm an overfade here. Not definitely not an overplay. And he, he, here's the basic theory: Portland is going to have a good offense. Damian Lillard is that type yeah. of player. You know, they the him alone. Like they're going to have a good offense. And while I don't love Anthony Simons, they with between Lillard and CJ, they'll be fine. Defensively, the that's really been the inflection, the, the the variable for the Blazers. They've the years they've been at least like to good, maybe they've been very successful. The years that they've been, yeah, bad. They added, they, and they're adding Nurkic, who's a good defensive player. But here's the thing: well, and like, Covington and Derek Jones. I mean, I think that yeah, but like the players that the, like so underrated, like like Hassan Whiteside was actually good defensively for them, right? Yeah, he so was, like he was, to- he was totally reasonable for them. Um, but they, 
it's not it's it's a it's moving yes it is an improvement but it isn't as huge as an improvement as being written out on paper does that make sense it, it does but then you also remember that yes they they had trevor ariza for a portion of last season but they didn't have him for the entire thing yeah and so that so basically Covington is hopefully a full season upgrade. Derek Jones Jr., who I absolutely love, is is an upgrade as well. So Trevor Reza last year played twenty one games for Portland. Um, Rodney Hood only played twenty one games, and I think that will help their bench depth. Collins only played eleven. He, while I don't love Zach Collins, at least he's a capable player. So they're just going to have few, like the the Blazers aren't going to have if they stay remotely healthy, and their stars have. They're they're not going to have a ton of non NBA player minutes. Like I think that it's, I think that's a real a real strength for them. Basically, the over on them is a, a like the under on like the under on them is like do they win slightly less? Like basically, do they win forty six or less for for an eighty two game season? Yeah, are they like more more of like a five hundred team, which they have been at well, times? No, but in the past. 40, 40, 46 is a good forty six is a good playoff team. Like yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, but if they go forty six, they're like forty six, they're over. No, I guess you, the under would cash. That's what you're saying. The under yeah, would still. Like if you're if you're at 46 over an 82 game season, that's a win, right? Uh, for the under, and like, could I see like would in a regular season if they won 44, 45 games? Would that, yeah, that would probably be right with the roster they have. Like, I'm really torn whether I'm. God, am I an under fade on this team? Um, I think I'm an under fade on this. There's too much uncertainty. Like, since I don't know the schedule, there's too much uncertainty. Like, if they get screwed on the schedule, then this is an easy under. If they get like really favorable schedule then it's an easy over. You know what I mean? But they're in the West, so they're like, in the West, there's always the chance that you're going to get like a bunch of Utah and Denver games. And like, they could get a bunch of Utah, Denver, and LA games for like national TV purposes. So like, I, the, the Blazers are a fun team to like throw into these like combos. So I kind of feel like I'm going to go under fade on them, right? Yeah. I, I don't, but, 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 this is one of those teams where like, I do think there's some, there's some risk, there's some risk in terms of, kind of what you can see i think again here's the thing i, I think they're a good team i just i, I don't think they're as bad like their their improvement was not as much as vegas seems to think right because the bottom of the west got better too so it's hard yeah, for me the, to the bottom did but they're i think they're i think they're person they, they got a lot deeper and i think that's gonna make a difference and you brought up you know like oh you know ns canner can't defend anybody but terry stotts plays a system where all he has to do is stand there and yeah. be tall so that the, should work the two, okay the, the two the two biggest improvements per vegas in the west were Minnesota at like nine games, like almost ten games, which we thought that was a terrible. Well, we exclude the Warriors. Well, I mean, the, the like excluding the Warriors because that doesn't make this like it's 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 Minnesota and Portland, and whereas I think the like this the, the Portland one is closer, but I don't think the problem is like I think a, a lot of the other teams got better, so like it's hard for me to give them the seven, right? Like the full. I, this is why I'm like going like it's under. Like this doesn't mean I think it. Like Portland fans, I think your team is better. I just think that like the 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 ask for Vegas is a little too high for me. So I'm like uh, so e- even though I'm an overfade, I don't. So division odds pay four to one. I think that that's a little bit rich because you consider the Jazz and the Nuggets are here as well. Both of those teams I think will be competitive. Yeah. Uh, twenty five to one and fifty to one for the conference title. No, I, I don't think the Blazers have the horses. MVP. That's that. Then then we start to get a little bit interesting. So Dame is at twenty, basically twenty to one. I think you have a twenty five one place, but I'm going to go with the aggregate being twenty to one. He's not. He, he's finished in the top five before, right? He ha- I believe he has. Yeah. Um. I think he finished top five last year. The thing is, okay. So twenty. Oh no, he one. didn't. He didn't last year, but in eight, eight, oh, so what he you, finished sixth in eighteen nineteen and fourth. Yeah, he finished fourth in seventeen eighteen. What are you betting on at twenty five to one for Lillard to win? You're saying. 
They're Linux? probably probably 50, 52 to 55 wins, and he's the <laughs> yeah. best offensive player. And he leads the NBA in scoring, is the league's best offensive player. 52, 52, 52 to 55 game, wins. Uh, Giannis doesn't play the full season. Like, plays, like, misses 20 games. And Luca misses ten or fifteen games. I mean, I could imagine Lillard having a better season than Luca. Like, I think I, I it's basically, not, it's you're, not you're what I expect. To, Twenty-five to one, you're betting that like Harden has an off season, Giannis doesn't play enough games, and the Portland wins more games than Dallas. That's what you're betting on. Yeah, twenty-five. I think I think it's a, I think yeah. it's a reasonable gamble. I don't love it, but like I think I think Lillard Lillard has the potential to actually win. I want to say we both kind of we both it's like intrigued. I would say I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. In, I agree with that. No, because I mean, like twenty-five to one. Like the things that have to happen are. I, I would put them more like twelve to one. So I think you. Yeah, I mean, we're intrigued at Dame at twenty-five to one to win. Maybe I agree with that. I mean that that because he's going to put up numbers. Like, 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 like if they win fifty-two to fifty-five games, and he puts up numbers, then you kind of have to like you're betting on like nobody else putting up numbers, and that's reasonable with like. You know, the COVID thing and like maybe the Dallas isn't as good as we think they are. And maybe like the the uh, like uh, the Bucks have a disappointing season and Harden gets traded. That's really kind of what we're saying. Or like Harden basically like like plays like crap because he's unhappy, which, again, I think that's fair. So I do think it's interesting. And given that, I mean, like even though I'm under fade, I do think there's like a word like it's a 15 percent chance that they play really, really well. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just because, you know, everything breaks right and, like, it, it all fits. It, 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 this is a professionally coached basketball team, right? It's like this is why I'm another fade on them because regardless of me being slightly under where Vegas has them, I still think that, that this team is a very well-coached team with a lot of good players. And it's like, like you know, of course, yeah, they got Carmelo Anthony, but, like, Carmelo Anthony doesn't necessarily – like, hey, maybe Carmelo Anthony, like, doesn't play that much, right, for some reason. And that actually, like, improves the projection on them quite a bit. If you can get, like, somebody who can give you, like, some defensive minutes. Because at this point, you know, I'm not exaggerating. I'm like, you know, Carmelo has been they the have, Remember, so they have Gary Trent, who I really like a lot. I think Bello is yeah. going to be, depending on how we classify positions, I think he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll play a ton of minutes for this team. Yeah. I, I think he'll but, be fine. But, yeah. So let's go to the next team, which is the, the Utah, Utah Jazz. So the Jazz last year, they won at a 50-win rate. They, they're they different. They actually outperformed their differential of 47. And uh, David Locke has talked about that before, that the Jazz sometimes – that's Sometimes they can do that just because of their propensity for certain stuff, which is interesting. Um, and um, the, the, the Jazz play have the biggest home court advantage. Many teams they also play. have the, the biggest league. home court advantage, which of course they did not have in the bubble. Um, and Utah, their Vegas basically thinks they're the same team, which is reasonable when you consider right. they have basically the same lineup and the same head coach. You know what? The biggest biggest reason for the for the uh, the West East discrepancy in terms of record is for really if you start looking at the numbers. It's because it's the it's the Utah and Denver games. It's it's what really makes the biggest. That's difference. interesting. I mean, makes sense because the, it's a huge home court advantage, and like you know, people will wind up playing these games on like the second night of a back to back or in a four and five, and it just like it is just like almost impossible to win. Because if you've ever like try, I, I used to live in New in New Mexico, Albuquerque, and if you've ever tried to run or play basketball or play soccer at altitude, yep. like first time you do it, it's ooh, good. I Lord. once I once played a touch football game in Colorado Springs and thought I was going to pass out in five yes. minutes, and I was in reasonable shape. This actually like it actually happens in the NFL too. Like if you're betting on the Broncos, the Broncos do really well early in the season. Because everybody else's conditioning is crap, right? Yeah. So teams will go there and they'll play really badly, and so the Broncos will exceed their line early in the season, and then like by the end of the season they'll 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 underperform it because like teams' conditioning will have caught up, yeah. right? So teams are showing up, they're in condition, 
And so the edge is like not there. Yeah, and conditioning this year will be absolutely fascinating when you consider the unusual constraints. And so the Jazz, it's the line is set at basically 47 and a half. So if you want to go over 48 plus, if you want to go under 47 and down. And I was really low on. So like last year, I was low on Utah and I was right. (laughs) Uh, So I was I was under on Utah and that was correct. Uh, And the reason I mean, like I was under on them because of like some of the issues with their kind of their depth uh you know they rely on exum and a couple other guys who like but exum's gone now like they i'm gonna give them props because their front office kind of looked at their roster and said like well these guys don't work and they got rid of them like they still kept conley conley wasn't conley was kind of problematic he was was better later in the year i think i think he'll have a much better season he's still not the player they thought they were getting when they signed him right he is he's that's fair he clearly clearly looks like a guy who's in the back on back end of his career right uh which he is I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, like, and I think, but, 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 all the models uh, are uh, actually no, not all the models. Um, I have them slightly lower than these. Like, so the line set up at like forty one and a half. Yeah, for doing the shorter season. Yeah, yeah, and I have them like forty for the uh, for the season, which would be the equivalent of uh, forty five. Uh, so I'm slightly under, but like again, I think the thing is, I don't have any sort of uh, schedule adjustment. And I do think that like the schedule adjustment is going to be significant this season because of the altitude. So I would trend to think that like I would favor the over on this team, and I think the over is going to be easy on them because I think they're going to outplay their talent because of the schedule, right? Yeah, I think the, the schedule's the schedule's a part of it. Continuity, I think, goes in their favor, and also this is now a much deeper team. So, but, you're also, but also because of the scheduling, you're going to get a bunch more. Like, so proportionally, you're going to get a much more. Much many more outside of the division teams that are not used to going and playing on the road in Utah, right? And and it's more likely when you consider they're going to be more. I think they're going to be a couple more back to backs this year because what's going to happen? Like, so like there are going to be teams that come there on the tail end of back to back and just get crushed. There's going to be teams in the Southwest and Pacific that are going to get two games in Utah. Yeah, like which like what happens with the like which I mean I think the Northwest teams are going to be are, are more or less used to doing that track, but there's going to be teams like. You know, that's going to be a huge deal once you start figuring that in. Teams are going to perform because of that. So I'm going to go overplay on them, and I think it's fairly easy. I'm going, because- I'm going overplay as well. I was torn, and then the the scheduling stuff, and also, like, I mean, so their defense was a little bit, you know, took a step back last year, and I think part of that was just that they didn't, you know, they had, instead of having Derek Favors there, they had to rely on of early Ed Davis and then eventually Tony Bradley. But now, Favors or Gobert is going to be on the floor basically all the time, unless they trade Gobert, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there's, I think their offense will be better. I think that Conley is going to... Do we think there are issues with uh, with Rudy on uh, because of the COVID stuff? I mean, possibly, but he's, he, he is generally a well-conditioned big, and conditioning matters less what, when you are I'm, super I'm, duper I'm tall. In, uh, I'm in personality issues. Oh no! I, I think I think they've solved all that. Okay. I mean, I, again, this is none of like every team. This is a team with a lot of professional basketball players. Like, there's no like really, there's no really bad minutes on this team to be had. I think Conley, as I mentioned, underplayed uh, last year. I don't know if he can actually like, get better. I think he might be on the but it doesn't matter. Oh, I think he'd get better because I thought he was a disaster for the first half of the year. And so if he's better than the disaster, that yeah. helps a lot. And I think a lot of the guys are going to get better on this team. A bunch of young guys that are getting better. And again, they're going to get a lot. Like they're going to get a lot. Bunch of tired teams coming to visit them this year, which is going to be really bad. Like the, like like so they're going to be nights where they just blow the they just blow the people out of out of the gym because because hey, it's Utah, right? So it's just people are just like not going to do well. So I think that's in their favor. 
so yeah, I'm clear on that. Like, let's look at their. So division, division is about three to one. Ooh. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot because we're basically betting them at three to one. Let's look at that. Let's look at the Northwest real quick. Denver, or Portland. Oh, yeah, so it's Denver or Portland. Like, I I think the Jazz have basically a similar chance to those teams, and so if you can get it at three to one. I mean, they have they have a stronger home court than Portland. They have I think more if I, continuity if I were, than Denver. If I were rating the odds to win that division, it would be Denver, Utah, and then Portland. Yeah, so I, I, I think three to one is that. I think I, I actually I think I think I might go Utah, Denver, but we'll have to see. Portland would be I third think, though. I think Denver. I think Denver is a better. I think Denver is going to get. So I think the curve for Denver is better than the curve for Utah, right? And Denver's kind of shown me, keeps showing me that like Denver just wins these things. Right, so like I would put Denver slightly ahead of Utah. Whereas Utah, I kind of like don't count them necessarily on these like clutch situations. Like like in clutch situations, I'm expecting Denver to kill you, right? And we saw that like in essence, Denver basically just ran out of out of opportunities. But it didn't. It wasn't like they were missing the shots in the playoffs, right? They were making the shots in the playoffs. Um, so I, I have a lot of respect for that team. So I'm gonna go like, I, but I think three to one to win the division is really good. Now, do we we don't like do we like the conference or title odds? No, I don't think they ha- I don't think they have the talent for that. And twenty yeah, one happens- forty to one. Now, so and I've explained this before. Like, so the Utah has a huge edge in the regular season. Utah never have a reg- huge edge on um, because of the home court, which disappears in the playoffs. Yeah, right? because, because teams spend more time there. And- well, but you're also not playing back to back. You're playing yeah. like everything on a one day break. So you get acclimated as you travel. So it's not a big deal. So generally, like Utah and Denver have to be much better for them to like have a real shot at winning the title, in my opinion. So I'm gonna say uh, we like we like Utah. At two, at three to one, Utah yeah. at three to one. I Anything else? I don't love it, but I like it. And they yeah, don't have I, they don't have a real MVP or rookie of the year. Okay, now let's get to another interesting one: Dallas South Southwest. Yeah. So Dallas last year they they were at a forty seven win pace, but they underperformed their point differential dramatically last year. They actually underperformed it by by yes. five games, basically. And so they were playing. And like they were a, not. They were not healthy either. Yeah, they were playing like a fifty-three win team, but they only won. They were on a forty-seven win pace, and Vegas thinks they're going to be more like that forty-seven win team because if you extrapolate it for eighty-two games, it's forty-eight and a half basically. So forty-eight and under if you're going under, uh, and then forty-nine and over if you're going over. And I'm an overplay. You're an overplay. Yep. Um, so as I said, like they were really hurt last year, and that actually make a huge difference. And I really, really like the. I mean, I like the guys they have. I like their second unit. I was saying it's like, like I like the guys they picked up. I love, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, is it Josh Richardson? Trey Leak and Nate Hinton was like my like my sleeper, and they got him as an undrafted free agent. I don't know if he's going to get a make on the roster, but he's actually like a really. He's, he's I, on a, he's on a two way for them, so he'll play. He'll because uh, two yeah, ways, they got, remember like, two they ways this the, year are basically extra roster guys. Yeah, they, because they've got like fifteen guys. So like, I really I, I really like the entire makeup of their team. They're very good, well coached team. Uh, Luca's the the odds on favorite for MVP. I expect them to be healthier this year. I think this is an overplay. I mean, this is yeah. Pretty, and they're the, the the Mavericks are deep. They have remember they they add Josh Richardson, who is going to like they have a lot more defenders now than they did before. I don't, I will have to see how James Johnson works out, but but they all they they do lose Seth Curry, and, and that hurts. But maybe Tyrell Tyrell Terry can take some of that role. They, they're like I'm not worried about. Rick Carlisle generating bench guards. Like they'll they'll hopefully have more Jalen yeah, Brunson. Is, Remember Brunson they, missed time if, last year. Which um, is well, no, but they've already but they've already got Nate Hinton. They already got Nate they got Nate Hinton in the league. So basically like, you know, can I can Nate Hinton replace what JJ Barreo is going? Yeah. And, and is he in the right, I think they already have. Um, I'm like I'm, I'm looking and going like, well, I mean like 
Oh, somebody was saying, oh, the reason he didn't go that high was because, like, his shooting, I mean, he had, Hinton had, like, really good free throw shooting in college, but he landed on the perfect spot for them to, like, work on his shooting and, like, develop. Like, like he's going to Carlisle school. Like, and this is a guy who plays like Marcus Smart going to Carlisle school. I'm like, yeah, no, they, they can find guys who can do this. If they, so, yeah, I mean, I love the, they have the top level, and they, I think they're in a really good spot for them to do everything else. So, and they played really well to close out the season, and they didn't like. In essence, Vegas is only saying they're like going to be a like a like a win and a half better than they were last season. And like last season was not a season where they had health. Right, right? and so, and you could say like, oh, Porzingis isn't going to start the season healthy. Well, he he only played fifty seven last year. Uh, Powell had his injury. He's going to be healthy to start the year. That they should be, and they only had Trey Burke for the bubble, so they'll they'll have more more of him. And I just think there's going to be more more overall competence on this roster. They have your beloved Boban still, of course. Boban. And and so yeah, I think Dallas to me has they they have the kind of the profile of just a you know like a mid to high fifties win team, and they're you don't have to pay mid to high fifties prices. They don't own their pick. Yeah, that, yeah, it goes to, it goes to the Knicks unprotected. So yeah, it, so doesn't, then, matter, it doesn't matter. But that, that doesn't matter. And so so their odds of winning the division, the Southwest, it's basically it's it's half. So it's it's one to two. Yeah, that's, that's minus two hundred. Uh, that's okay. I I'd rather just I'd just rather put extra money on their over. I think that you don't yeah. you don't necessarily need to, especially because like the Rockets could end up being good. And remember the if if something happens. He, Dallas is the most, like to use Seth Partnow's term, they're the most heliocentric team, I believe, in the entire league. So if Luka misses 20 games, then that's going to be really hard for them because they don't really have the right guys to fill that void. So that, I, I would rather that, bet they're over than bet their division, but the division number isn't terrible. Dallas is 12-1 to 1 to win the conference. Oof. 12-1, to 1, it, it's... I mean, they still haven't won a playoff series, though they did lose to a team that I was high on who then beat no one else. Um, I wouldn't really touch it now. And then their, uh, their title odds are 25 to one. Yeah. I, I don't think they have, especially when you consider the, the wings that are in the Western conference, you know, the, the LeBrons and the ADs and the, well, ADs more of a big and Kawhi's of the world. I don't think, I don't think they have it. So it's not, you know, like 12 is, is really a roll of the dice. Like that's not, that's not a crazy, that's not like a crazy amount of, of risk to throw out there, but I don't love it. What about Luca at five point Adam at five point two to one? I so I'm totally fine with that. I think that's a, a a reasonable one. I like Giannis more. Like if I were to place a bet on MVP, I yeah. would place I would place it on Giannis. But that's a totally fine number for Luca. I, I would I would my take on the Luca number is that that number is going to come is going to go up. I think so. I would I like Luca for winning the MVP. I like him better if I was getting him at seven to one. Yeah. If it, oh, if it was seven to one, I wouldn't hesitate. Um, I, would, I would, I would probably, I, 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 I would wait on the Luca number and monitor it and see if it goes. Like if he has a couple bad games and, and Giannis comes up like Game Busters, I would definitely look at Luca's number uh, a little later on in the uh, in the event. I think there's some real value to be had there. Let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals, but if, if they are one of the more interesting teams in terms of the disparity between their win total, regular season win total, and their regular season point differential. So if you want to go on win total, expand it out to 82 games, 
51.7, but their point, they had the point differential of a 46-win team, so that's actually worse than the Mavericks and the Jazz, and they lost Jeremy Grant, they lost Mason Plumley. they gained Jermichael Green, and, oh, and they also lost Torrey Craig, and Jermichael Green, they retained Paul Millsap, and added a bunch of kind of like fringy, fringy center dudes, um, and Vegas thinks that they will be more similar to their win total from last year, their actual win total, and so basically the over-under is set at about 50, so if you want to go over... 50 and above if you want to go under 50 and below yeah and i think the same logic applies to this team that it does for uh utah in that like i think that like they're going to be favored the schedule is going to favor them because they're going to get a bunch of like they're going to get more teams that are not experienced with playing in denver uh at a higher rate so you're going to get a bunch of teams that are going to play two games in denver which they typically just play the one, uh and that's actually going to be a thing with conditioning on the season so that actually favors them um like uh it's a bit of a split uh with uh the models per se so uh darker has them under uh shane young has them over i'm kind of leaning towards the over because of what i just talked about this there's no schedule adjustment so even though the one model which is uh so wrap them wrap them and my boxer model both have them on the under but there is no schedule adjustment, and the schedule adjustment plays in the favor. So I would probably be slightly over on them. But I think the difference is here. I probably am going to lean over fade at the moment, just because. Whereas in whereas Utah has a more uh, favorable line, I think, because it's like two 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 wins under. This is closer to fifty, and it just kind of seems to me like I, there there might be better bets uh, associated with this team than like the over. It it does. So for me, the way I was thinking about it was I was far more confident in the fade than the over-under. I was really – like to me, this is a very well-set line. And Mm -hmm. so that that means that I want to fade it because I don't feel super confident one way or the other. I'm a believer in Denver's offense. I don't know that Jamal Murray is going to hit everything like he did in the bubble but did that. But – and I think that Jermichael Green replacing Jeremy Grant isn't as big of a downgrade. And remember, they should they will get more of Will Barton than they did in the bubble. But also, Will Barton played for the Nuggets before, and hopefully they'll get more and better Gary Harris this year. So the argument that the Nuggets are dramatically worse, I, I don't really see that. Um, but it is it is an adjustment, and I think that there will be a challenge. The reason I'm going slightly under like this is this to me is one of the more coin flippy lines that's out there and that's also part of why i wouldn't bet it is that i don't totally trust their defense in the regular like in the regular season or in the playoffs like i think they played better under mike malone i think that he deserves credit for their kind of game in game out defense to be sure but remember they were middle of the pack during the regular season last year and i think they could be around middle of the pack again i think they'll be very good offensively that that's not exactly a bold statement but it's also true they're still short one wing defender uh, they're that's... always short one wing defender, and remember they're also shifting presumably Michael Porter into the starting lineup, and he is Ooh. an immensely talented player. But he's and he, you know, he looked better defensively at times in the bubble, but this still has a lot of a lot of room to grow. This is another team that I mentioned that they should be calling like I, I, I think about this like them and Denver and 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 the Warriors should be calling about Porter Jr. Um, they need they need that kind of player. They need a good like. There's a couple of these top uh, Western teams that really do need like uh, like that elite wing defense to just kind of put them over the top, right? And it, it's I mean it was kind of like I, I was really impressed with what Denver did in the playoffs. I actually think they're a better playoff team than they are regular season team, but in the crunch, I don't they, they they're just like they would really be a contender if they had that one additional wing defender to me. 
Right. That's that's kind of the gap. They they've got they've got the uh, they've obviously got like the centerpiece in Jokic, who just we just I just feel like Jokic is going to make it every big shot you give him uh, in that. And uh, and, it's, and it's so talent. I mean, we saw this in the series against the Jazz and and against the Clippers and to an extent against the Lakers. Against where... the Lakers, we knew, we knew he was getting the ball. Like people yeah. like kind of forget, like Anthony Davis made a crazy shot where which Jokic almost blocked him, like almost yeah. knocked him. But if you think about the previous play, everybody in the, everybody in the entire world knew that Jokic was getting the ball, and it did not stop him from just getting the ball and making the bucket. Now the clock ran out in that game, but but basically Jokic gives you everything you possibly want in a clutch series. So I I really like this team. I I feel like they're a player short from me taking them seriously as a title contender. Same. Right? So like so if you look the the division odds are even basically you know like you bet a dollar you get a dollar. I think that's fine. So you think the the real contenders there are the Jazz and the Blazers? I I would say that my instinct is that the Nuggets are the most likely division champion there, but the not Nuggets the but not are, the major outright majority. Yeah, so the Nuggets are the most likely, but I don't like. But I'm I'm basically betting them even money, and I don't like betting them even. Yeah, money. I don't like betting them even money. But then they're they're twelve to one to win the conference. I don't that's like them. Interesting. See, that's I don't really love them winning the conference. Like if I could pick them going to the second round or the third round or something, well, but. But here's the thing: teams that make the like young teams that make the conference finals that are configured like the Nuggets generally can't advance to the next step. So I do think yeah, that, that, that that's true. But I mean, they also like as as much as the Nuggets deserve credit for what they did, they were down three one and arguably should have been swept by the Jazz I, without yeah. Bogdan without Bojan Bogdanovic. Then, but they, have, then but they didn't have Will Barton either, so Will Barton was out. Too. Yeah, and I mean, and Gary Harris came back partway through that series, and he I, was he would made a big difference. Are you telling me that, like, I would put them as close to a coin flip against the Clippers in a series, depending on who had home court? Probably, I mean, it's going to depend on who has home court. And the same thing with the Lakers, depending on who has home court. So let's I, I, wouldn't, that, I wouldn't have it as a coin flip play, because I thought the Lakers were the better team in that series by, I, by, a, by a margin, not a huge margin, but, but a I think, But I think the Lakers are worse, and I think the, Clippers, the Nuggets are better. I don't like, think the Nuggets I, are better, and the Lakers will have to see. I think the Lakers are worse. Def- like, the Lakers lost some key defensive personnel. Like, we're talking about like wh- how the Lakers shifted. I think in a series, it's much tighter than it was, particularly since this team is going to, this team is going to improve just by osmosis. They're going to, year older, it's a young team, they're going to be better. I would say that 12 to 1, given that I, ex- I expect the Nuggets to be heavily favored in round one, so it'll be like 80%. Let's call them, probably, they'll probably have home court in the second round, so it'll be like 50%. Let's go to 50 to 60. So we're talking 80% times 50, that's 40. And then probably like 40% in the third round. So we're talking about 16 to 20, and we're getting them at 12 to 1. So I think there, there is some margin. There is some margin there. At the Nuggets being getting twelve to one to win the conference. I think I would. Lo- I would love to be sitting them. I would love to have the Nuggets at twelve to one going into the conference finals. Is what I'm saying. And I think that it's a reasonable. It's not unreasonable to expect them to get to the conference finals again, because the way the path is going to work, I think it's going to. I mean, again, I think the schedule favors them. So I think that they're likely to get like a high spot, right? So I think they're they're probably going to have a, like home court. And I think that. We've seen that they can beat the Clippers, and I don't think the Clippers. The Clippers I don't think the Clippers are better, and I think the I Lakers are we'll worse. Get there. Well, I mean, I think the Lakers are like whereas the, before the, the the Lakers could bully this team, the they lost some of the big like the Lakers became a less like their personality shifted. They're not as the big bully boy team, 
And I think that it makes the series between the Nuggets and the Lakers a lot more interesting this year. So I think twelve to one to me, twelve to one is an intriguing number for the Nuggets for the well, So here's my here's my counter. I think if we're operating on the theory that the Denver Nuggets are good enough to win the Western Conference, then you I might, think as, well their title. You might yeah. as well bet their title odds because the title odds are more than double. And I would say if the Nuggets are good enough to make it through, then they are good enough to have more than a 50% chance in that series. And they have well under a 50% chance as the odds. Yeah, who would let, let's, in a theoretical, let, they're making the finals, who they're playing. I mean, it could be the Bucks, it could be the Heat. I would say it's probably one of those two teams. Um, and Bam is actually, I think Bam would have real trouble. I, I So I've talked before about my theory of, I, I love Bam Adebayo, but my big, my theory with him is that he's better as a switch guy than as the traditional so five. So, so your argument is you would rather have the twenty-seven to one. Yes, I would rather if if I'm a believer in the Nuggets, I would rather take the twenty-seven to win the extra series than the twelve to not. Yeah, given that there's a good chance they might have home court in that final right. too. They they could they could they wouldn't probably against the Bucks, but I think they probably would against and and Milwaukee. I think could have some real challenges with Denver when you think about their personnel. Now they'll probably put they would probably put Drew on Jamal Murray, and yeah, the Nuggets would have real challenges with Giannis, but Jokic is just a bear for them like yeah, are they going to put are they going to put Giannis on him because then you take I, you away know, Giannis as a help I think, defender I think, you, I think you've talked me into like I think 27 to 1 is intriguing for this team to win the title I think I that's I think that's the better one think, and then and the, and the and other one to consider I wouldn't push too hard on it Jokic 25 to 1 to win MVP it's kind of hard so you think about Jokic so in 1819 he finished fourth in MVP and he was an absolute monster that year and you could think about well, okay, so that year he twenty points, uh, eleven 20, rebounds, seven assists. Like, can he really be better on, on a team that was you know, a Jokic bet? To Jokic bet is you're betting him at like twenty five or twenty eight to one. You're betting on the Nuggets to finish as the one seed. Basically, is what you're doing. Yeah, and I think that's entirely possible. I mean, so I, I think. I, I would, if I were a Nuggets optimist more than I am, and remember, I picked the under, but barely, it's tentatively. I would say title odds one, Jokic two, um, just, and also those are kind of like fun, low money bets. I wouldn't like wager the house on it, but they're both kind of fun, you know, and, and they're, you know, a little bit out and, and, but I would say, and, and the other thing, argument in favor of Jokic with regular season MVP is, I don't expect Giannis and Luka to have weak cases, but like it, it could be, especially when you think about LeBron and Kawhi and some of those guys, like the field flattens a little bit. And so maybe the Jokic season that we kind of expect from him now, that even if the he counter- doesn't take a step forward, that it could be close to good enough. The counter argument is if they win the one seed, like maybe Jamal Murray gets more of the credit. I think that's that, that's the counter argument. It's possible, that. but I mean, I think every I think a lot of people know that that Jokic is their best player. And remember, they weren't too far off in terms of record because remember they outperformed their point differential a couple times now. They weren't too far off of that in terms of just pure wins and losses over the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say. Mm, <laughs> So do we like? So we're saying we like we like their odds to win the title. I I don't like them. I would say if you are for me, if you are a Nuggets optimist, I think that is a better use of your resources than going hard after they're over. I'll say if you like the Nuggets, consider consider championship and MVP. Then twenty seven to one to win the title and twenty eight to one to win MVP for Jokic. No, I agree with that. Like I mean, in essence, you're betting him. 25 28 to 1 to win the MVP uh, is is a reasonable bet I think. I agree with that. I mean, I don't 
I mean, he's he's in the top five. He's like he's like if if anybody falters and his but but again, the trick is the Nuggets can't just win. The Nuggets would have to like like they would have to win like fifty two ish games probably. Yeah, I think they like, might have to win. I think they might have to win fifty five for him to for like, him to get MVP. Yeah, they would have to be in contention for the MVP basically, like for uh, for the, the top one. record. Yeah, yeah, for top record. And if they did that, like if they if you think they have a shot, like yeah, I mean I think twenty one to one is like good odds for that. I mean, it's actually like yeah, it's it's not bad. So next is the Clippers. Yeah. So the Clippers last year won basically the equivalent of 56 games. They had the point differential of a 57-win team, and they lost Jermichael Green. They lost Montrez Harrell to the Lakers, and they gained Luke Kennard. They gained Serge Ibaka, and Vegas basically thinks they're going to be a similar team. So uh, the if you want to go over 55 and up, if you want to go under 55 and down— this is a challenge for me because they also, they also gained Batum. Uh, they, yeah, they gained Batum, and and Batum in a modest role, I think, could be a nice fit. Yeah. They need some passing and everything else, but the, so the challenge for me to reconcile with the Clippers is, I think that on pure talent, they're better than a fifty-five win team. I, I, that's just yeah. when I when yeah. I evaluate the Clippers, they're there. But the practical consideration that we have to deal with is. I don't think they're going to care super hard about the regular season. They have a the best player is is going to probably be load managed for the rest of his career. So, does them being let's call it a fifty eight win team does that does that really matter as much? And that's why I'm under fate as a regular yeah, the, season team. The models are all over on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are. The PM is basically basically like half a game over, but everything else is like fairly over on that. Uh, it's kind of like forecasting around the 55 kind of win range. Um, <laughs> I mean, I see your point. I mean, in essence, they won at a pace to win 55, 55.8, and we're getting, like, they won slightly more than the over, right? So Vegas basically set the line at, like, one win below what they actually did last year. Um, is this a worse team than last year? I think, so, I think they could be worse in the regular season because losing Harrell in particular, you know, like that's a, a real depth problem. And the Clippers, in terms of I, health I, last I like, year. I like Subak. I actually think, and in the, in the Subak Kawhi, Subak Kawhi, Subak Kawhi actually worked really well. And it's probably like, we'll see more of that. So there's some, there's some trade-off. Like Harrell actually wasn't the most, uh, like if you look at the Harrell lineups, so they weren't the best lineups the team was running out yeah. there. Yeah, but if you, so, but so remember it was a 73 game regular season last year. Kawhi played 57, Paul George played 48. Marcus Morris was only on the team for part of the year. He only played 19. Harrell, 63. Pat Bev, 51. Harkless, who's they now. Won, they won the equivalent of 56 games with all that. Yeah, so I, I mean, there is an easy argument that they will go over, and I think the Clippers are a better team there. And, and you know, Kawhi's not going to play every game. I think Paul George could be healthy. Remember, he started last year injured because um, he was coming off that shoulder stuff with OKC. And Beverly could very easily be healthier. He could also very easily not. Kennard, you know, that's that's a new addition. He could end up being useful, could end up not. So my theory on the Clippers, and remember they have a new coach in Ty Lue, Doc Rivers is now in Philly. My theory of the case with the Clippers is that running directly opposite to last year. So I could, and I was wrong in the playoffs on them last year, pretty notably. Um, I think they'll be a better playoff team than regular season team. And that yeah. that's kind of them taking the the characteristics of their best player, Kawhi Leonard. And so for me, I, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm might be Lucy with the football. We'll have to know in about eight months, but I like, I don't love their title odds, but I like their title odds. And so six to one, three, three, basically three to one to win the conference, six to one to win the title. To me, if the Clippers make 
the NBA Finals, they are they're more likely than not to win the NBA Finals because they will have made it through the Lakers and another good team, whoever that ends up being. And I think that like that basically it's that it's that idea for all of these West teams. Like I think they have a better better than 50, the the two best teams in the West have a better than fifty percent chance of winning the finals. What about the divisionals? Uh, I mean, that's basically betting that they'll care more about the regular season than the Lakers. And I wouldn't bet on either of these teams caring more than the other. You know, like that they're they're both good, and I don't think that the Warriors or the Suns are really going to push them too hard. Like, these teams are too much better than them on paper. I think part of the part of the problem is, like, so I think that 50... So Vegas has it set at the equivalent of 55 wins. And if the, if, if the Clippers win 54 games, I expect them to be the number one seed in the East, the West. It's entirely it's entirely possible. Um, so because yeah, there might you're right. There might not be that much push, and I don't yeah, think, that might not give them uh, home court in the finals should they make it in the, right, in the NBA think, finals. Think, but whatever. I, I think that I think the top in the in the East might be higher, and like it won't. I, I don't think it'll matter. Like they'll, they'll win fifty if they 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 in the fifty four range. That's too low, I think, to get the number one overall seed in home court in the finals. But ultimately, I don't think it matters to them. It matters more to get like the one seed in the West to them. I think I would agree. And, and it doesn't really matter that. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much until when you play the Lakers because you're both playing the same court. So, well, it, it matters. It matters in the sense that they they get fewer Lakers home games. You know, like as much as people want to joke, and I think this is true, that Clippers Clippers Lakers home games for the Clippers will feel more like Lakers home games. It still will be a different atmosphere. So I would say it matters, but it does matter less because there's going to be no travel. Do you have it over fade or over play? Over fade. Oh, no, under fade. Sorry, under fade. But I would say, so I would say under fade, but I would throw some money on their title odds. Six to Man, one. I'm- like, six, to me, there are, I would say they're, the Clippers are either the most or second most likely championship team, just because I, th- I think that their their ceiling is crazy high. I, I'm, I'm still a believer in the Clippers ceiling, and I probably will be until it burns me un- this time or more. Um, but six to one to me basically says they're more like a third or fourth best team. And so I would be, I'd be fine. You know, you might be laying that you might be sitting there cursing their name when they're playing somebody They're they're just flailing in the second round again, but I bet on talent. Like that's the way this generally works for me. So I don't love that bet. It's not like I'm like, Oh, it's a screaming deal. You should definitely do it. But I like it. What would you put their odds to win the division? (coughs) To win the division. Um, so I'll do it. I, I'm better at doing it in percentages. I would yeah, say, well. I would say it's somewhere in the like 45 to 55 range. So I'll say 45. So it's plus, it's plus money to bet that it's plus yeah, money to bet. Probably. Better. Yeah. I, I think, I just getting, think it would be a very stressful bet. It's not the type of bet that I would like to make. You're, you're probably, you're betting, you're betting, you're getting, you're getting one, you're getting plus 150 on a 45 to 50% bet in which to me is yeah for it makes sense you're it's, it's i'm saying it's plus of you to bet them to win the division and it's plus of you plus of you to win, bet them to win the title so mm-hmm. yeah but i and, think those are the best and so for mvp Kawhi is at uh 20 the best the f- most favorable you can see is 25 to 1 there are some in the tw- in the low 20s as well yeah i don't like that i don't like that either and then i mean it is funny like as much as as much as he gets just an avalanche of crap because of pandemic p and playoff p and everything else paul george I believe he was second on my MVP ballot in eighteen nineteen before he got hurt. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. I don't think that. But eighty to one, just as a sheer like value proposition, I don't think it's insane. Like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say do more than a couple of bucks if you're a Paul George optimist or if you love those Gatorade commercials or whatever. But 
eighty to one for a player who has been that good at a moment in time, I'd consider it. Uh, Danny, Danny, I want to say Danny would consider. Yeah, that is that, that's an interesting bet. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the, you you've talked about the idea of like guys finishing top five in voting, and like Paul George, it, it gets forgotten so much. And and remember, he did finish third in MVP voting that year, even though he ended the year hurt. We can't um, we can't bet comeback player of the year, can we? They don't have it anymore, so no. no. They have most improved, but that's different. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that I, I wouldn't. I, I it would be one of those things, honestly. Like if you could do like a min bet on it, and you really like Paul George, maybe. I, I actually think like, and with Kawhi, the argument that he could win the MVP is like his game by game. So going back to God, was that? 1718 or 1617 um where i believe that Kawhi leonard was the best per minute player in the nba yeah before he got hurt yeah before uh, he got hurt and maybe maybe that argument holds you know like it's you know maybe the bucks stumble whether it's Giannis or just another injury and 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 then the mavericks just aren't quite there yet so like at 25 to 1 it's not terrible but the, and also the way Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's a, he's a very different player than he was then for San Antonio. He's become more of a he's done more as a, a distributor. His defense game by game has gotten worse because that's what usually happens when a guy takes on more offense. Basically, and, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't. They, you don't want him to. It's the same thing like with LeBron. You don't want him to expend that energy all the time. Right. Right, and, and, and it's a it's value proposition, and so uh, yeah, I would say I wouldn't throw money on on Kawhi for MVP. I don't want to pour water on it because I I think that's actually a reasonable number. I think he has like a an outside outside chance. He's that good. Like I a mean, year ago, I said he was the best player in the NBA. So I have to. No, I'm, I don't just. I'm like when if he's like when we're in the playoffs and like like we can take whatever we want and we can actually move freely. Then yes, he has the argument as being the best player in the league. Like he wasn't like last season. The problem was that, again, the Clippers just – Paul George was never quite what he was before his uh, shoulder injury. Right? Yeah, and that, that, that was a big problem in terms of their playoff performance. And a lot of their have, guys they underperformed. They also didn't have the full staff for the team. So right. it really that Clipper team never rounded into shape really for the playoffs. And my model kept telling me they hadn't rounded into shape, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think we can move on to their LA. co-tenants and staples, uh, the, the Lakers. The Lakers last year – Won the equivalent of 60 games. They point differential of a 55-win team. And they lost Danny Green. They lost Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. They lost Rajon Rondo. They lost playoff Rondo. And they gained Wes Matthews and Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell and Marc Gasol. And so the line is set and here. They, they and they made us very sad because it was the only the second time in seven seasons that we've lost a LeBron under and a Laker under. <laughs> and so the Lakers, the the over under this year is basically set at fifty five. If you want to go, if if you want to go over, you can get fifty five and up. If you want to go under, fifty five and below. And this is a really set line, a really well set line. I think that the Lakers we, are. We both agree that this is a worse team than last year, correct? I I'm not sure that I don't think they're a worse regular season team in the in the abstract. If we're not counting COVID. I think that it's a different. It's a different. It the personality of like the Lakers actually did a really good job of establishing a very like interesting person, like, like a little bit more like those Raptors teams and like big physical team, lots of 
big defensive rim protecting dudes. Now they had their flaws on the wing, but it was a clear kind of personality that was, it was a very Lakers team. It was a very Phil Jackson kind of, we're, we're going to rebound you and beat you to death team. And it worked. I mean, like it, it, it actually like worked very well and it played very well to their strength. They never ran into a team that could punish them for it. Like the team that could punish them for it, the team that was most equipped to do it was Miami, and Miami got hurt, right? So, like, they really never ran into that team that had, like, the elite wing defenders that could throw at them and, and kind of, like, uh, mess with them and stop them, or, like, the elite guards, right? So they would have had, had nightmares if they ran into Toronto. Toronto was built, like, to, but, but they never did that. Now, this team is different, right? So they don't have Dwight. They don't have Joel. They don't have Rondo. They, I mean, their best, their plus defenders right now are Caruso, Gasol, and Davis. And I watched Marc Gasol in Toronto. Marc Gasol is not the guy people, like, he's not Memphis Paul Gasol, Marc Gasol. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he's, 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 he's very clearly on the downswing. Dwight and JaVale are, were better options than him. So, to me, this is a very interesting team because I don't want, I think they really have to manage the minutes, particularly with a short season, uh, particularly for LeBron. I think they, they, they really want to manage those expectations. And I don't, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a bigger name, but I, I don't love the fit of the guys that they added. Um, so here, here's my theory of the case with the Lakers. I think that why – so I'm going over fade, betting an over for LeBron and an over for the Lakers, but not bet, not playing. It's a not fade, playing. To be, no, clear, no, I, I, to be yeah. sure. Is because is this is this idea. So I don't know how Frank Vogel is going to run the rotations, but I think the Lakers can beat most teams in the regular season. And I have plenty of beef with Schroeder and Harrell as playoff players, but that doesn't really matter right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think that if Vogel sits LeBron and Davis separately, so like not in the same game, I think they can beat teams. So like th- this is something you and I used to talk about with Brad Stevens, is that Stevens was pretty good about timing his rest for Kyrie Irving. In yes. games when when Boston could win anyway. And I think that the Lakers, if they want to, like LeBron James should not play against the Knicks, against the what? Pistons, against like all those teams. And then and you could sit A D at moments as well. And we, then if they do that, I think they'll be fine because then and then you like it, but it, but is that how they apportion it, or is it you know like the the rules that exist? It's way worse to sit guys in national TV games, and if they sit LeBron and AD in the same game, yeah, they'll beat the worst of the worst, but they won't beat a lot of other teams. Yeah, I think one of the things that is interesting, like the Lakers had a like one of the really great injury luck seasons last year of any team. It's a fair um, point. And I don't expect that to hold. Uh, I expect them to have, like, LeBron's older. It's Anthony Davis. Uh, I think there's, I mean, I still think there's fragility on the squad. So I do think that, like, and again, if I'm the Lakers, I've already won the title. All I really want to do is get into the playoffs. I don't care about the seeding now. See what I'm saying? Like, if there's any doubt, like, I'm going to make sure I wrap LeBron and Anthony Davis and Amber and get them healthy to the playoffs, right? And, like, the, the split schedule kind of helped them, I think, because I think they would have eased off if not. Like, they would have eased off in terms of the late part of the season because, again, you don't want to injure these guys or put them at risk. You want them well-rested. And there's a lot of fragility on the squad. To me, they're a clear under, but a fade because, I mean, that, I, I agree. That line is very well set. If that line, that line is five wins under what it was last year, right? 
And, uh, and, and like you know, Montrezl Harrell will put up his empty calories during the regular season, yeah. and there and Schroeder can can manage some of the workload. And the Lakers also worth noting they will get value on the buyout market. They always do when they're competitive. They will get they they still have potential small potential things for a trade, like they could do something involving Kyle Kuzma, maybe involving KCP, though I doubt that. Um, and so, like, there are ways that the Lakers can get better. They're, the way they'll get worse is by resting guys in injuries, not by trading. They're not going to trade it's and really, get worse. It's really interesting that people think that this team got better, and I, I really don't see it, right? It, so, it, like, re- it reminds me a little bit of, like, there, there are a few of those where, a few offseasons, I'm not saying this is extreme as Sacramento a couple of years ago, where it's like, oh, you got names, you got people that are have established yeah. value and all that. and. That's very different, and I think that I think there's also this element of the players that they had being undervalued. Like Danny Green, yeah, he missed a bunch of shots in the finals, but he was a wonderful team defender, and he didn't need to do much offensively. So that meant that he worked very well with LeBron. Teams respected his jump shot enough, and that's really what matters. What matters more is whether you whether the, your defender is standing by you rather than whether a given shot goes in or not, unless we're talking about, like, who wins this very single single specific game. Yeah, I mean, the problem for this, again, the problem for me for this team is, like, if LeBron or AD is missing significant time, then it's, it, it becomes, it's a worse version of the Warriors, where, like, their on-offs are going to be, like, crap, right? If, 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 let's say, LeBron's out or hurt, or AD is out or hurt, and LeBron's playing 35 minutes in that game, the 13 minutes that he's not playing... The Lakers are getting like beat off the court, basically. That's 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 kind of my thing, and and also, I mean, I think there was. I mean, again, this line is well set because if it, if, it, if it was a sixty, it would be a guaranteed under for me, right? Right. I wouldn't even have to like if it was the same line as last year. I'd be like, no, 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 bang the hell out of it. Um, having it be at fifty-five, which is exactly the same as the Clippers equivalent, it, you're kind of going like, okay, I think it's under. I think the schedule favors them. I think that like. The injury luck is probably going to go against them, but it's kind of a toss-up. I, I mean, like, what is your most likely finish order of Lakers, Clippers, um, Suns, and Warriors? Most likely order: Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Warriors. In that order? Yep. I kind of, I, I kind of feel it's the other. I think it's, I think it's Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Warriors. That's yeah, my order. It's, and I think the, the first two are really a coin flip, and then I think the Suns probably more likely than the Warriors. And I would not be stunned at all if the Suns have a better record, just because, like, I think if, I mean, if the Lakers are in and they need to rest guys, they're going to, right? And I think the Suns are gonna like because Chris Paul is insane, like in competitive, if he. Like if he has a chance, like like Chris Paul will push that team kind of over, and it, you know we're talking about like the Suns winning like what the equivalent of fifty two games, and the Lakers winning fifty one. Like the Lakers, I don't think I don't think regular season matters at all. Uh, well, the regular season record won't matter at all to the Lakers unless it's one of those situations where they're already in. They kind of try to get into the seeding thing, and maybe that matters a little bit. But I don't think it matters a lot to them at this point. This is more like a late later Cavs team where like, I think they're more interested in getting everybody yeah. healthy. I, I agree with that, but I think they're still good enough to to win yeah. to win some of those games that they're who's, not that they're not trying too hard for. Let's shift to who is the, no, but who is the third best player on this team? KCP, just like he was last year. Oh God, Ooh, yeah, no, but, KCP was not KCP was not the third best player on this. Team. Oh, I mean in the finals in the regular season or what? 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 What framework are we talking about here? He was the. What are we thinking? Like, is it we're saying shorter is the third best team on the team? Um, in the regular Harrell? season, I could see, I could see Schroeder being that guy. I could see I could see Harold being that guy. Um, like if you, I like Wes Matthews, but that's just he's just yeah. he's more of like a, a a functional cog. I'm like again, I I think that like it's under fade. I 
and again, it's just I just the way I think they're. And again, I do think the character of this team is different, right, in terms of the regular season. Let's talk about like the playoffs and like the division and everything else. Yes. So division, it's uh, below one. So I I wouldn't. I just don't see the no. point. In, in, no, no, there's no point in that. No, no, that's there's no bad point bad. in that. Uh, Lakers one point six to one to win the Western Conference. No, I don't like that. That's either. it's not a terrible number, but it's not a great one. And then two point eight, two point eight to one to win to win the M- the NBA title. <sighs> I, I'd say that's I'd say that's a little strong, but not crazy. And remember, uh, I'm lower the on the Lakers than most. Do you think? Do you think it's going to be so? Would I buy, want to buy two point eight to one on the Lakers, or would I want to wait until maybe there's a stretch where they lose some games or somebody gets hurt? And that drop get numbers at four. Off. I think I probably get that number at four or five. Something. Yeah, if you get it four and five, and it's not it's not for anything else, then then yeah, I think that would be that would be a, a much better think, a better better way to do it. And they're gonna call me a Laker hater, but I actually think that like the perception that they won this impressive title run last year is kind of over overstated. Well, it I is. Think- I mean, they so. That was something you and I talked about a little bit before is so they they're unquestionably a deserving champion. Like I don't think anybody, you know, ever just and I would say every champion is, but they, you know, I had a top tier of three teams, the, the Bucks, the Clippers and the Lakers. The Lakers didn't even face those two teams. And then Miami worked their way, you know, like Miami earned their place into the finals, but the Lakers didn't play that Miami team. And then the Nuggets were a very good story and a good team, but they weren't like a top. They were still a tier two and Miami, team. And, and, and they were missing a key piece in Barton too. So it's like, I think both yeah. like. But, but they it, were missing, I, but they were missing I, Barton through the rest of the run. So I, I think that's apples to apples. If Miami's healthy, then that series go like if Miami's healthy, that series goes seven. And if that series goes seven. Miami could have won it. I mean, absolutely. Miami, yeah. I mean, so like I'm what I'm saying is like with the Lakers is like they, they were, they're a good champion, but not a dominant one is, the, is what I'm saying. And I think that to me, I mean, the two point eight, like two point eight to one, is too high for for that team. I do think that you're going to be able to get them at four to one, like even as high as five to one, because I do think at some point in the season somebody's going to get hurt, something's going to happen, and you're going to get a much better number on the Lakers. So I, I wouldn't jump on anything with the Lakers right now related to like I wouldn't. There's no right now. I have no Laker action. I don't see a need for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm not you even, can, not even you can get it later if you want. And the, I would say the best of their things is the three to one um, for the title. If if you're if you're really a Laker believer than anything else, um, the other. So in terms of MVP, no, the AD is at nine to eight, eight or nine to one. Um, LeBron is at about ten to one. And I don't I don't love either of those. I don't think. I don't think that's the focus for them. Now, unless somebody unless somebody gets hurt. Like so I think that the, the key difference here is if either AD or LeBron goes out for a significant amount of time then yes that those odds are actually interesting. Right? The problem is like if if that happens then you know if this is is this is take LeBron out of the equation. Is this Laker team better than like the last uh Pelicans team that Anthony Davis had? I don't like the one with Drew and I think that team with Drew and Cup Boogie and like Rondo was better than this team, no? Am I wrong? I, I'd have to really think about it. I'm not. I'm not completely sure. I mean, it's 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 close. Like if you take if you and if you take AD out of the equation, is this Laker team better than say LeBron's last Cavaliers? Oh, man, that last is, Cavs team was pretty was pretty weak. That that, that last Cavs team, they still made the finals, but but <laughs> good lord, yeah. it, it, that is the that is the to me that is the worst finals team of my life. That team was so bad. Like it's just oh god. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean like I, I mean this is. This team is keyed on both those guys. I think even if one if one of them gets hurt, 
Uh, do the, ju- the odds jump for them for MVP? No, because I, I think the team won't be good enough for one against Orlando. They'll be good, but they won't be good enough, right? I do think it's going to be tied. Like, this is a season where I do think that the MVP, you're kind of betting on who's going to finish in the one seed, right? Or close to the one seed. And I think, to me, this is why like, I think the, the odds on Giannis are wrong, because I do think the Bucks, whatever we talked about, the Bucks are going to have the best record. Uh, uh, unless something strange happens in, like, say, the Sixers do. Uh, and if that's the case, then that's why we said we kind of like. I mean, that's why I said like if Simmons starts shooting threes, then hey, go ahead and buy some Simmons, or uh, that might actually be like interesting. But yeah, I mean, I I don't see any of the side bets on the Lakers. I'm not having any Lakers. Are you? No, I don't love any of them. Okay. So, is there anything else we want to cover? So, actually, like that, just to, to rewind, I have Lakers as underfade. You have them overfade. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to cover or talk about that we haven't mentioned? You think? I mean, we've been talking for what, like six hours. Uh, I, I think, I think, I think we're probably we're probably pretty good. Um, yeah. Charlotte, I, Charlotte in, uh, the Gordon Hayward injury. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was underfade before. I'm still underfade. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was, uh, I was overfade. I'm still overfade. I think. I mean, it's just a matter. I don't think it's like. I don't think it's 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 not insignificant to what we were projecting out before for that team. So just putting my hands in there, going like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. And. And we're and worth noting. I mentioned this in the intro to this section. This will probably like we rec- we're recording the West and the East on Wednesday, December sixteenth. So things could obviously change, but we're these are our thoughts as of that moment in time. What is your most likely finals matchup? Oh boy, um, I will go. It's a really wide open year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually amazingly. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Heat Clippers. But the Lakers, Lakers Clippers is true is right. Just a fifty fifty proposition for me. I, uh, hmm, I'm going to God. The the East is kind of interesting to me because I I, I really quite like the Sixers, uh, but it's Doc. So I'm gonna wind up with the Heat, and I'm gonna wind up with the Heat. He's in the Clippers. Again, my thing is. I think it's. I, I'm going to give this. I think the change in personality for the Lakers is going to be is going to be an interesting playout. I think that like the Clippers will probably bounce back stronger, but their health is going to be an issue. I do like. I do quite like, and I mentioned this before. I do quite like Denver as kind of a dark horse in that in that because I do think that there's there's enough leeway this season that I could we could probably you know we're kind of we kind of saw a little bit. There's there's there was a bit of a shift right and. And a lot of these younger teams are coming up, and I think Denver's interesting. I think Boston's missing something. I I like the Sixers, and so this is as wide open a year as we've had in a while. There isn't to me there isn't there isn't something that's jumping out at me. Right, like, and there there are a lot of teams that are close, but I don't know that they'll get there now. Like Denver is in that category, and and yeah, maybe the maybe Boston's there, and I think, Philly. I think Denver, I think we're not giving Denver enough. I, I think it were, people are not giving Denver enough respect uh, because it's Denver. But like what I saw from them in the playoffs makes me kind of go, huh? And they got a bunch of young guys that are kind of improving, so they're they're really interesting to me. I do again. I do wish they would go out. Like they need to go out and get one more wing defender. Like there's an like Otto Porter. Otto Porter. Like Otto Porter would make a difference with a bunch of these teams. Like just would you would you trade Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. for like Otto Porter? No, not not at all. I I'm 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 very low on Michael Porter Jr. I'm like I, I think what you what you get from him like you get this offensive value which is really kind of offset by how bad he is defensively and he's not ultimately 
I don't know that he's necessarily playable in your top five for like a finals team. So I think he's more valuable. Like Michael Porter Jr. is more valuable on the Knicks than he is on the Nuggets to me. Right? I, I would say that's fair, but also like Porter Jr. Remember, he's he's young. He battled injuries a bunch. I think that. But I think I think back to the player that I saw in person back at the Nike Hoop Summit, and he was basically unguardable. And that would give Denver a different element. Yes, their defense would be limited, but I also think he'll get better defensively. Like his, I, I think that Porter Jr. the the idea that he will always be this empty calorie guy is. It, it, I'm not ready to to write that to write that down in, in stuff. I think that like given the fact that they didn't really spend anything for him, I think if they can get like a quality wing defender for him, uh, like if they get somebody like Robert Covington, that's more valuable to this team. But than... like Co- Covington's best as a team defender, though. Like the, the the big problem now is that the the only guys who are true wing stoppers are also the guys that are that you need to stop on the wing. You know, like the the Giannis's and the Kawhis. Like those, they're they're each other's det- not even deterrent. That's just how you have to do it. And yeah, the Denver did a better job on Kawhi last year than I anticipated. Full credit to them. Yeah, and, I, I have talked about it. Like for example, like I would rather have Jalen Brown than I would Michael Porter Jr. If I'm Denver. No. I, I I would say the same thing. I mean, Jalen Brown yeah. is a really good really good basketball player, and right, and he doesn't need to have high usage, but he can if you need him to. He can go to the basket yeah. and he can defend basically anybody. So that's kind of like that's the thing. Like I wish Denver needs to make a trade. Like you need they need to catch one of their ships to get like the piece that's missing. But to me, they're the team that's the closest to being a seriously complete team. The Lakers obviously have the top two, but I don't love the rest of the roster. But they really, if they're healthy, they really have to be taken seriously. Same thing with, but I do think the Clippers are better. Like, we just, again, we didn't see them healthy last year. It's a really weird kind of where I was saying, oh, this team is the best. And obviously, the Bucks store being coached by Bud, right? So, can't trust the Bucks. And the Sixers, even though I love them, are being coached by Doc. Why no could be a coach of the playoffs? And we've got the Celtics, who are like who have like some a lot of like holes that kind of like they're going to get better, but they have some holes and some question marks. So again, there isn't. I mean, the Heat, yeah, but I mean, are the Heat the least flawed of all these teams? What's the hole for the Heat? I mean, half court offense. That's I mean against really good defense against. So fine. Need, they need they need a, they need another kind of ball, penetrating ball handling guard is what yeah. you're saying. And that's that's the funny argument for James Harden is he creates a new weakness, but he also gives he also shores up. Well, that, they just somebody was saying like no, he doesn't like Harden doesn't play like a Heat player, and like somebody said like Cosmos was saying yeah because the Heat would never build their offense around the player who dies for contact to the hoop. Right, but I like, like did, I, did you not watch the 2006 Finals? I mean, yeah, like yeah, Harden would be a very good fit for that team. Yeah. Uh, Although, it, you know, if you go by the, the Harden and Strip Club argument, that's actually the worst city for him to play. Um, <laughs> no, comment. no comment. No um, comment. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think we've done, we've done a great job covering this. Okay. I, will, I will thank you so much for everything. Okay, no, this has been, this has been real fun, and I look forward to uh, when you have it up. Thanks again to Arturo Goletti for taking the time to come on. He is the CTO of SportsGrid Data Science, and also you can follow him on Twitter at American Numbers. However, his account is protected, so I think you can request. I can't remember exactly how that works. It's been a little while for me. But I love having Arturo on, and I deeply appreciate the work that he puts in to make this possible in terms of you know getting the models together, pulling through the over-unders that he can find in the MVP and Rookie of the Year and all that. And it is something we both genuinely love doing, but it is a lot of work, and so I appreciate that and love having him on to keep this tradition going. 
I believe it's the longest running tradition in Real GM Radio. I've been doing this podcast, it feels like forever, and Over-Unders with Arturo has been a part of it for basically that entire time. And I, I think it's a very useful way to kind of put my thoughts together about how the league is going to work. And success rate's actually pretty good. I think Arturo has shared that before. I My current numbers, I think, are around 60% overall and then 70% on what we call the plays versus the fades on the plays and uh he's better I think on on it than than I am on both respects which is very good I'm proud of my own record but I'm I'm impressed with his of course as well and you can also find my over under thoughts in a couple other places this year um I mean dunked on that's not really a surprise uh dunked on the free episode for this week is Nate and I doing the western conference so similar to here though Nate and I have different conversations of course and everything else and then Nate and I will record the eastern conference over unders on Monday so those should be out for dunked on prime subscribers on Monday or most of you will listen to it on Tuesday and also, for the first time this year, I wrote down my thoughts on over-unders, and those are at The Athletic. And it was fun to kind of put together some of the stats that I used and my thought process uh, to, to write it out. And that was actually something that I, I enjoy doing. I, I hope that happens in the future, though I obviously don't know that for certain. If you want to support the show, there are a lot of different ways that you can do it. You can subscribe and download every episode. That is extremely important for a show like Real GM Radio because we're never going to come out at a specific time, date of the week or anything like that. You can't get into a habit because that's not how my schedule works. And so I really do deeply appreciate subscriptions because then whenever I release it, whether it's a Monday like this one or I think a Thursday or Friday like the last one, it just pops into your inbox. And I think that's a great thing to do to support the support shows also that, you know, download numbers and all that do really matter. Also, leaving a rating, leaving a review in the podcast player for choosing, whether that's, you know, Apple Podcasts is great, but just like subscriptions, if it's in Spotify or wherever else you can leave a review, do appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. And then word of mouth, especially for something like this, that can be really useful because telling other people to, that they can find it and, and get thoughts and everything like that, really do appreciate that. And we're getting to the start here, and that is extremely exciting for me, and that also means that I have you know things to tell you guys about. So Dunked On and Dunked On Prime are still going to be going strong. We'll be going back to our kind of quote-unquote normal format of 15 and 60s primarily on – we record on Sundays. That will be the release on Monday. Typically, that will be the, the free episode. And then we'll be doing a mix of you know gamer podcasts – on the day's events and specific topics, position rankings and everything else. And those will be more during the week because that's just the way it works. And then my written work will continue to appear at The Athletic, which is super exciting. And I I love being a part of that organization. And we'll see where where it goes. I mean, still, of course, going to be doing CBA and CAP stuff, but also going to hopefully branch more into other things. As you guys know, I watch the whole league and there's more that I can, I can provide there. It's just going to depend on timing, honestly, most importantly. And one of the reasons my timing is going to be more limited is an exceedingly exciting thing. This I would have mentioned last time, but it was not yet public is that uh, Nate Duncan and I are going to be broadcasting on league pass again, formalized 
once a week. Mondays is going to be the date. You, we, the game will be scheduled dependent, but we're going to be calling a game in the League Pass app, and that's the influencer stream for those who experienced it in the bubble. That was a trial that we did with them that we loved, and thankfully they they enjoyed enough to ask us to continue doing it. So that will continue into this year as well, and incredibly excited about it. And I mentioned it's Mondays. It will be Mondays for the whole year, but the first one is actually on Wednesday because there is no Monday the first week of the season. And so instead that we're, we're doing Sixers Wizards on what I call League Pass opening night just because that's the first full day of the season, which is exceedingly exciting. Really happy to have that. And if you have any feedback on this show or honestly anything else I do, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me because Twitter is too ephemeral and there are other ways, but generally speaking, those don't work as well. I have a dedicated place in my inbox that emails to that account go to. So you can, if you send it there, I promise that I will read it. I don't promise that I'll respond, but I do try to. And I really do appreciate it. And that can be somebody you want to have on or feedback or whatever. Like that's just the way it works. And I mentioned this at the end of the East podcast, but I consider Real GM Radio to be kind of complimentary to Dunkdown, that Dunkdown can be more in the moment because we do five times a week, and then I consider Real GM Radio to be at times in the moment, but more conversations that can be a little bit more evergreen, that can can exist outside of that, though, of course, certain things, including this over-under, are a little bit more time-sensitive. But hopefully you can appreciate both for what they are. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Thank you.